Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Guess what day it is? Huh? Hump day! Good morning, everyone. Happy hump day. Happy holidays from the opening drive on 101 ESPN in St. Louis, where it's 7 o'clock. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Brooke Grimsley is here. Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis is here. I'm Randy Carricker. Great to have you with us. Happy, happy hump day, kids. How are we doing? Oh, hump day is always a great day. It's a great day. Doing great. My Eli and I are doing great too, Randy. Ooh, man. Oh, man. Eli and I with a dramatic victory over 11th ranked FAU last night. 98 89 for the 20th ranked Illini. And uh, a couple of guys, Damask and Shannon, both with 33 points, 25 of 35 from the floor, 4 of 11 from deep. And the Illini look like, uh, man, they're in, uh, they're, well, no, I wouldn't say that they're in March form, but. <laughs> no, March form is. <laughs> <they don't win. laughs> Wait, we're, we're in December form. <laughs> Hopefully we can carry December form into March. Yeah, but ILL. I and I. Congratulations to the Illini. Later on in the show, we're going to talk to J.B. Rivers. We're also going to talk to uh, Bobby Tommy. Bobby Tommy. Blues and Knights tonight. The Stanley Cup champions in town. Alex Petrangelo, Ivan Barbashev here. And that pregame is at 7, late start, 8 o'clock here on 101 ESPN. Used to be back in the day when I was working as an usher, every hockey game started at 8 p.m. Really? And people smoked in the arena. It was just oh, a different time. Oh, my gosh. Different times. Yeah. What a time. <laughs> Life was different, man. It really was. <laughs> was there a smoking <laughs> section or just like? No, no you, everywhere. Just you, did, you just smoked. Yeah. It was unbelievable. Wherever I, you were. I yeah. remember smoking sections in restaurants just for a little bit. <laughs> yep. Just for a little bit in the late 90s. And then it just all went away. But I remember if you wanted to go to a restaurant, you just want to get a quick reservation. You'd be like, okay, fine. We'll just we'll sit in the smoking oh, section, man. even if you weren't smoking. Because obviously I was very underage at that point. But no, I, that, I, don't, that, I don't remember life that. Is, uh, Rook, life has changed. Within the last five years. I don't know if I told you guys this. My son and I went to a game. I, I think it was in Alabama. But we're driving back and we stop at a hotel in Mississippi. Like, this is literally within the last five, six years. They have smoking hotels in Mississippi where every room is not a non-smoking. Are you serious? So you of walk course, into a hotel Mississippi. room. Wow. Yeah, it is Mississippi. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that, that's not great. Hey, one thing we learned yesterday that is that 2023 is a weird year. Even when the Cardinals are bad, they aren't really good at being bad. So they're like, under normal circumstances, before we had the draft lottery, the Cardinals would have had the, the fifth pick in the draft next year. Now MLB has a draft lottery. What do the Cardinals do? They go from fifth to seventh. <laughs> they have the seventh pick in the draft. They can't even tank well. <sighs> no. It's not great. It sucks. How it's, did the, how did the Reds ammo. jump up so much? That yeah. There's a lot of confusing parts there. And also, I just want to see the drawing actually happen. Me too. Don't you guys? Just yeah, to make sure there's nothing nefarious going on right. there. Right. Yeah, th- it feels a little conspiratorial to me. 
which oh, baseball would do. Thank you. You we like it? Want, we don't want. We don't want to put that word out there, do we? Oh, well, we've got the cold envelopes in, okay. in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, uh, they're historically <laughs> the Knicks, uh, he- heavier. Yep, heavier yeah. balls in the in the popcorn <laughs> machine. Somebody. Yeah, yeah uh, I hope not. It, but wouldn't you want the Cardinals to be? One of the top picks, not like that's a storied franchise. No, I mean, the you Guardians so. aren't. No, you you would yeah, think the Guardians, so. They just got a new name. Yeah, Who Matthew? the hell knows the Guardians? Does it make it seem more legitimate that apparently, and maybe this is just a smokescreen? Apparently, if we want to talk about them liking certain markets, the first draw actually went to the Washington Nationals, but because they just had the number two overall pick, they cannot draft in the top six of this draft, then the redraft would then sprang Cleveland. Still not That's a dumb it. rule. Okay. Still mm. not buying it. That's a dumb rule, too. It is. Yeah. And and just, it's, a, it's a lottery. Yeah. If you telling me I can't win the lottery two years in a row? Yep. Yes. Here's the thing, <laughs> like the, when Theo Epstein was in charge of the Cubs, he used to complain about the Cardinals getting a compensatory pick. <laughs> His line was, "Yeah, well, the Cardinals get that pick for being the Cardinals." <laughs> so now it looks like maybe Theo being in baseball's front office maybe is kind of changing all of that. So the Cardinals will pick seventh. Ali Marmol joined Greg Amsinger and the gang on MLB tonight last night. And one of the problems that I had with the 2000. 23 Cardinals was their defense or lack of and Ali was asked by Greg about how the Cardinals will approach defense in spring training. That's the thing. No. The the reality is the way we set up our spring is high attention to the details of the fundamentals and defense and I really do think that when you look at breaking camp and given an opportunity to different people and, and seeing how the first several weeks went like that wasn't ideal um, and it hurt us and then you had the injuries and that that hurt us as well um, so we never got into a really good groove defensively um, when you look at our infield, I think we'll be better there. I, I really do. Um, our outfield, more continuity, will be better there as well. You got to teach uh, Jordan Walker how to play the outfield. Edmund will be fine. New Bar will be fine. Arenado should be fine. Had his worst defensive year last year. Wasn't even a finalist for the Gold Glove. Mason Wynn is elite at shortstop. Uh, Brendan Donovan should be good. He won a gold glove as a utility guy. I don't know if he's going to be great. I don't know if he's going to be a guy that, uh, if he's going to play like Roberto Alomar over at second base, but he should be serviceable. And then Goldie is fine at first. And your big question defensively, big questions, right field, as I mentioned, and then behind the plate. Uh, Yeah. And making sure that these people are playing the same positions every day is going to be vital. drilling them defensively and Ali's seen it before he's he knows what it takes to be a good defensive team I don't know what happened last year but uh it was a mess and well one of the they things were playing that, all over the place well but I, I even think like, like he said coming out of spring training uh you're playing Walker and Walker just could not play the position at that point mm-hmm. Paul DeYoung had lost a step he wasn't good Cardinals did not prepare for life without being able to shift and they're, they're playing statues over at second base and that's a fault to the front office, too, when they said, well, we'll take a look at the rules changes and see how they affect us. Rather than being proactive about the rules changes, the Cardinals were reactive. Hopefully, though, they'll react in a positive way this year. Well, you have to, right? It feels like everything, just looking at the moves that they made, bringing in a Lance Lynn, a Kyle Gibson, and a Sonny Gray, we talked about them being very seasoned and veteran players. <laughs> then you're going to have, you know, a more, hopefully, you're going to have Yadier Molina being kind of in that role where he's an advisor, mm-hmm. not being here all the time. They haven't exactly 
exactly laid out what that role would look like. But even a little bit of Yachty, I think, is super valuable to have. This feels like they, there is a little bit some sense of urgency of, OK, if we bring in all these guys with that veteran presence, that means we can maybe turn things around quickly. But what will it, that exactly yep. look like? Yep. And oh, by the way, credit to the Cardinals. Today is the last day of the winter meetings and mm-hmm. absolutely nothing has happened. The two most <laughs> aggressive teams in baseball this offseason have been the Atlanta Braves with their trades, especially for bullpen help, and the Cardinals by signing the, the three starting pitchers. So uh, it could we could say, oh, they've only signed Lynn and Gibson and Gray. Well, nobody else has done anything. And oh, by mm-hmm. the way, people teams around baseball, now pitchers, free agent pitchers are saying, well, look what the Cardinals gave Gray mm-hmm. as an AAV. And that's kind of the benchmark for free agent above middling free agent pitchers. Everyone is still waiting on Shohei. Uh, yeah, he's holding the, the, the whole sport he's holding <laughs> Like, like yeah. until he signs, nobody else is really going to move, especially those teams that are in on showing. Mm-hmm. Like, until they know that they can't get him, then they'll probably, okay, let's go down the line and see who else is available. But yeah. if they want him as their number one guy, they're they're going to hold and and be patient until he mm-hmm. makes his decision. How true do you think the reports are that Shohei supposedly he really does respect his privacy as we know and apparently it would be an issue or cause some sort of issue if teams started releasing that they were having meetings with him and all the different kind of stuff and then Dave Roberts kind of let it slip that the Dodgers were having talks with him does that set the Dodgers back or do you think that that's something that he will look past? I I would think that money will ultimately talk. Mm-hmm. But they set that parameter they, of... They did. And then, <laughs> please respect and, and his privacy. the GM kind of walked it back. And what the first thing I thought is, maybe Dave Roberts doesn't want to deal with the circus. It might have been intentional. Yep. Like it, it, Sometimes you play chess. Oh, I didn't... Mm, ooh. Yeah. Uh, but... In the, the whole entire time, you knew what the heck you were mm-hmm. going to say, and you said it so that it could get back to him and so that it could be heard. And it's not, nah, yeah, I don't want to be there. Yeah, cool. Let's look. Now, can we move on? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a pretty good team. I'd, I'd rather spend my, If you're Dave Roberts, you'd rather spend that money on three pitchers this year. Right. Because mm-hmm. they'd have no, they, they have less starting pitching than the Cardinals. A lot of do. injuries. Yeah. yeah. So if you're Roberts, maybe you say, you know what, I'll take. Uh, I, I can live with Freddie Freeman. I can live with Mookie Betts. I can live with Max Muncie. I can find I can find to make hitters, but I can't make starting pitching. Yeah, and maybe he's thinking that way. And maybe that, like you said, Kerry, maybe he's playing chess rather than checkers. He said, "I'm just going to throw this name out there so that yeah. we can just take our name out <laughs> of the hat." Over with. Yeah. Yeah, we met him with yeah. met with him for three hours. Yeah. Boy, boy, no, it was a did. great conversation. Yep. Yep. No, yeah. we looked at houses. So, no, he already yeah. has a house there. Probably there's a, a one of St. Louis's great treasures is uh, a guy named Pete Woods. He's a local attorney and. I know. Played, uh, yeah, great guy. Played quarterback at Mizzou. He was a backup quarterback to Steve Pizarcos one year. I think it was 1976. Zark gets hurt, and Pete Woods in a game at Ohio State comes in and brings Mizzou, uh, leads Mizzou to a victory. I think it was a comeback victory over the Buckeyes. And otherwise, we have not seen Ohio State much. Mizzou used to play everybody. In the 70s, they played everybody. And now, obviously, scheduling has changed. But now they get to play Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl. And Eli Drinkwitz was asked what it means for the Tigers to be able to play the against the Buckeyes in the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, again, I think it's one of those great things about college football. And, and one of the things I think the bowl system is so good um, because it gives a uniqueness to the game. It creates uh, fun matchups and creates opportunities for our student athletes and, and for our fan base Um, to have this great game. You know, we were fortunate to be the first announcement of the selection show for for the New Year's Six. And and man, when you see your name up against Ohio State, again, that's a a blue blood national brand. And 
to have an opportunity to play him is is very special. I know for me as the head football coach, in my wildest dreams, I don't know that I ever thought about being able to coach in the Cotton Bowl versus Ohio State. So it's something that I'm going to be very, very present in and really enjoy the moment. That's really cool and good for him. And by the way, can we in college football quit calling them student athletes? Come on. <laughs> Let's be serious here. You don't go to four schools in four years and be a student. You're, you're an athlete. You're a football player. You're a pro. But you aren't a student athlete. Not in today's environment in college football. It has shifted a little bit. They mm-hmm. still go to class, though. I mean, you still have to be eligible. If not, you won't be an athlete at all. So mm-hmm. you still have to have some of the student principles. You probably you only go during the fall, right? When well, maybe a couple of classes are, during the fall. Well, if you are, because then you depend, transfer. No, yeah, well, if you're transferring, you still yeah. gotta you gotta keep your GPA up. You can't transfer if you are, you know. I, I'm pretty sure if your your grades are in a certain certain position, a certain way, um, but. If you are playing football and plan on playing football and plan on playing the next semester or, or the fall semester, you have to have grades in order to be able to be eligible. Hmm. If you're okay. not eligible, okay. I, I know this personally, Randy, because after we lost to Michigan my senior year, I had already graduated. We were one in six, couldn't mm-hmm. go to a bowl game. Mm-hmm. I told my coaches I wasn't going to no more classes. Yeah. Well, I was going to drop I, right I, I just, It's changed so much since you played, though, with yeah. the transfer portal mm-hmm. and the, the way students move around, athletes move around. I just I wonder how much attention, like the the kid uh, J T Daniels who was at USC, mm-hmm. Georgia, West Virginia, and Rice. No, he went to pretty good schools, right? But I wonder how much he really went, uh, how much school actually occurred as opposed to how much football actually occurred. Well, if I was them, I would be taking business classes so that if you have these NIL deals, you know exactly yeah. what you're looking at and how to manage that money or some sort of financing degree, right? Uh... Yeah, that'd be kinda, beneficial. Let me tell you, they they kind of put you in certain classes um, in college. There yeah. you go, yeah. certain sex, certain you. group of cla- <laughs> grouping of classes. Yeah, for us, it was sport yeah. management and kinesiology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, all those classes would be done by two thirty in the afternoon. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> See, that's that's, what I'm that's that's my point here. That's my point. And it's probably even more exacerbated now because you know that that guy's not going to be here next year. He's majoring in football. Yeah, essentially. Mm-hmm. Right? I remember that in, in college they put some football players in our journalism classes, I guess thinking that it would be super easy, which journalism is easy. But then <laughs> they quickly got moved to other classes because our teacher really, really forced, like you had to do a lot of different things. Yeah. And so they quickly were removed my from the classes. One, no, my favorite one is that uh, there was a Mizzou basketball player who was in – uh, a group project that was your capstone project. So the, the final thing you do to finish off your degree at Mizzou and the Mizzou basketball season finished. And this guy said, I'm going to go train for the draft. And despite the fact that he was in a group of five people presenting this huge project to finish off their degree, he literally just one day just stopped showing up and just, they were just were a man down for the rest of the entire semester on their final project, their entire college career. Cause oh my God. Well, somebody dude had to go prepare the for the NBA draft. Uh-huh. He probably was going to use that NBA money as opposed to that, <laughs> right. whatever that project was. <laughs> uh, hey, we're off and running here on 101 ESPN. You can join in the holiday spirit by helping 101 ESPN support Operation Food Search throughout the month of December. We partnered with STL Shirt Company to offer a special 101 ESPN online merch store this month, offering 101 ESPN t-shirts and hoodies and hats and more. Plus, we brought back some of our classics like the Dunk 
Dunctionary t-shirts, Be Patient shirts, Jamie Rivers and Brad Thompson jerseys. Order any 101 ESPN swag during the month of December, and proceeds from all sales will go to support Operation Food Search. Visit the 101 ESPN online merch store now at 101ESPN.com, powered by McBride Homes. It is a Wednesday, and that means it's Ask Uncle Randy Day. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO! Ask Uncle Randy during the holiday season next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Andy, let him dive into his infinite well filled with wisdom to find you answers. Text 314-399-9646. It's Ask Uncle Randy on 101 ESPN. Open for Ask Uncle Randy, 314-399-9646, 314-399-YOHO. I did get a text about the uh, the spot that I did for Hoffman Brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> January, March, what the hell about February? Well, good point. I'm a sports guy, okay? So sometimes sometimes the only thing that happens, especially in this town in February, is the Super Bowl, right? You yeah. know? So February kind of just goes by the wayside for me. Get ready for March. Yeah, we're March March, we, yeah, we got spring, spring training, training and stuff, but yeah, nothing... Nothing really. Yeah. One year we had the Blues, <laughs> who had an 11-game winning streak in February. Mm-hmm. But normally, February is you know kind of a late month. So I think that's why I glossed over it. But yes, February will be cold, <laughs> and you need to have your your furnace ser- serviced by our friends at Hoffman that's Brothers. Funny. There you go. All right. It's the holiday season, and uh, so uh, there's a lot going on. Maybe you're going to meet families for the first time. Maybe you have a question about what you should do for a gift. Maybe you need to know uh, about holiday food. By the way, Hanukkah starts on Thursday? Friday. Friday? Okay. Happy Hanukkah. Uh, oh, there. well, I think it is start on Thursday, but... Technically Thursday yeah. night, I guess, is that what would work? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> She's uh, new! Happy, happy Hanukkah and... Uh, She's new! And She's getting the parameters <laughs> down! <laughs> <laughs> I just got you exposed. Might, you oh, might, no. You might need to. You, you, you might want to know. It's Wednesday. Move up the shopping trip by 24 uh, hours, no, Brooke. I did shop. Okay, no, I did. Right, I have no idea what I'm doing, honestly. This is all new for me. Yes. Okay, well, uh, I'm just going to Google before. this because sure. I think somebody on. Um, <laughs> I think Whatever some, you guys say. Somebody on. Uh, <laughs> On TV, a weathercaster probably said Hanukkah starts on Thursday. So, when does Hanukkah? Start? Oh, I heard Jackson. I heard Jackson Burkett, Burkett down the hallway talking about oh, it yesterday. That's okay, it starts and on he, Thursday. He would know he'd be official. He, yeah, evening he of know. December seventh. That would be tomorrow. He's a man of the tribe. He's a man of the tribe. Evening of December seventh. Evening. Oh, yeah, tomorrow. Exactly uh, what I said. There you go. Darbro, uh, what I I have been. You were on it completely. Hold on. I've been completely negligent here. I've been around, you know. I've been sitting on the sounder for two minutes. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> negligent. Uh, all right, let's go, Matthew. Good morning, Uncle Randy. My wife and I have been taking our newborns with us to stores and restaurants. Newborns, that must be twins or triplets or something. He did say newborns. The other day, okay. some random old lady came up to Schnooks and tried to touch the babies. Oh. How do I tell strangers not to touch my babies without being a jerk? I'm asking this because my wife said I came off as a jerk, but I really don't want strangers touching my babies during cold and flu season. I, well, not only that, right. but... We had COVID, too, and I, yeah. I would say okay. uh, I appreciate you looking at the babies, but we would also appreciate if you would not touch them. Yeah, I, 
because you just and even bring up the fact you never know. Not saying that you have a disease, but you never know what sort of disease somebody might be carrying. What happened to the times where before you even grabbed a newborn baby, Can you I washed touch? your hands? Right, right. Uh, you would you would go wash your hands yep. even before COVID. This is like. You know, nineties, mm-hmm. two thousand. Like you would go ra- wash your hands, and then you would pick the who yeah. in the who, who? Why would you think you should touch my child? Post COVID, yeah, it's right. <laughs> right. And, and you know what? Like, I when I see somebody walking a dog, I say, "Can I pet your dog?" I'm certainly going to ask before I touch your baby. Right? <laughs> 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 Not that the dog is less important than the baby. I'm just saying I'm going to be have be equal opportunity. Of course, for both. yes. Just ask permission and then make sure your hands are washed, yeah. please. Please. <laughs> please. Can I pick up your baby? <laughs> I don't know you. That's that's a little I, scary because then they could just run out. You know I, what, I wouldn't do that. And, and by the way, I, I, if your wife thought you came off as a jerk, better to come off as a jerk in that sort of a situation because that woman, she might love, I'm sure she does love all babies, but that's just not right. That's not a good thing to do. Maybe she needed to learn that lesson that uh, you just don't go touch people's babies randomly no. at, at Schnooks. That. No, that's a little that. weird. Yeah. And also, I mean, the season right now, RSV's right. going around, flu's mm-hmm. going around. You never know. Right. Dear Uncle Randy, I've become more serious with a girl, or with a lady, excuse me. I'm 40, she's 36. Both 40 have, and 36, is it? Yes, 40 okay. and 36. We Good. both have professional jobs. We're going to holiday events, uh, weddings, etc. Uh, Girlfriend sounds too high school. How do I introduce her? No, nope, that's, that's she's your girlfriend. Significant, yeah. Significant other. Yeah. Significant, Significant other, other is fine. But I, yeah. girlfriend's cool. I, I I don't think anybody will have any trouble with that, 40 and 36, and she is. I, I wonder, are, at 40, are you the boyfriend? Significant other is fine. Yeah. But I have, if, if somebody, in fact, I know somebody in their 40s that's getting married this weekend and introduced me to her significant other as her boyfriend, and they're they're both in their forties. Cool, I'm, I'm, I have no problem with that. So, it, but if it does feel, it, it, she's saying that it sounds too high schoolish. He's saying it. Okay, if it sounds too high schoolish to you, significant other is fine. Or uh, don't do it. You can, uh, no, no, no. Just, <laughs> do it. This is this do is it. my lover. I knew you were gonna say it. I, got <laughs> I, I knew. That's what you were going to say. <laughs> I saw it coming from a mile away. God bless it. Uh, dear Uncle Randy. Wow, we got a lot of pregnancy stuff today. Dear Uncle Randy, am I wrong for telling my wife that I don't want anyone, her mother, in the delivery room when our child is born? No, that's not wrong. There's That is a, a an extremely intimate moment. No, you don't bring mothers into a del- No, that does not happen. You're not wrong. You're 100% right. And no, she is wrong if she wants her mother to be in the delivery room with you and her. It's you and her and the doctors. That's it. That's it. Uh, my daughter's birthday was yesterday, and we were reminiscing about the uh, uh, about the birth of, of our children. And one of them, uh, one, of, one of the kids, the doctors were singing Paul Simon's Diamonds on the Soles of Her Shoes <laughs> while they delivered the baby. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. He does say, for context, I have a fantastic relationship with the mother-in-law. I just don't think anyone but mom and dad and medical staff totally, hundred percent agree. Dear mm-hmm. Uncle Randy, my wife has never been the best gift giver, which is fine because I love her and don't need anything. Mm-hmm. So every year when she says, "So we're not doing gifts this year, right?" It's still a trap, and I still need to get a gift. You still right? need to get a gift. Yes, you do, and never forget it and put thought into it. <sighs> Be creative, but yes, uh, when she says no gifts, she means I want a gift. Oh, sorry. <laughs> You're on candid camera. Uh, Smile. Uh, <laughs> why is it so difficult for just just say what it is you want, what it is you need, yeah, what it is you like? I think that's yeah. the simplest thing in life. 
You know, yeah. I like this. I don't like this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And not just, you can do whatever yeah. you want, whatever makes yeah. you happy. That's Brooke, not I true. think. Uh, here, here's my, my thought process for you, and I know there's only three weeks to go. Yes. Before before Christmas, I suggest that uh, David get you a dog and you get him a GMC. Oh, like Excuse me. Truck, yeah. right, the commercial. Excuse me. Whistle, whistle. And then the, 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 the GMC comes bounding through the GMC. snow. Like the no. commercial. Whoa, no. Yeah, the commercial. I don't know how much money you guys make, but <laughs> I, I don't have the GMC money over it's a here. Commercial. And then there's the other one. I don't remember what truck it is, but uh, they both get one. They both get uh, yeah. like a big giant wow, pickup. That's beautiful. I don't think that's going to happen for us. We okay. do have a lovely dog in Stevie Nicks, and yes. she's fantastic. And I think she likes being an only child at this moment. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah. As for party. the gift thing, I do, I I don't know, maybe just ask. I like CD, your daughter's approach. She sent you a Google Doc yesterday with, with links, with and that's links. a great plan. Yes, like is. Amazon, like wow. the, the link to go right directly to what it is. I was like, oh, this is actually. Not much thinking involved. You just click listen, on it. Do you know how easy that was? I literally, I, I got like four or five things in the cart already. Perfect. Yeah. That's great. You showed me that, and I was like, easy. oh, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Good thought. I raised her right. I'm proud of me. <laughs> 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 and, and you've got you, you and you're, you're thinking my daughter sent me a Christmas list. I got to raise right. She's got your right where she wants. She you. does, but at least it wasn't over. It wasn't too expensive. <laughs> there you go, dear Uncle Randy. Am I a bad person? The kids will hate it. But Merry Xmas, everybody. We're going to the Cotton Bowl. They're not no, really no, huge no. football Why fans. Why the kids hate that? They're that not. Is he says it at the end. They're not huge football fans. They're going to Dallas. Yeah, family trip. Go to Jerry World. I will go to the game if you don't want to go. I save a few dollars. Everybody should go to the game. It's a family outing it's an experience no that is that's a that is a unique item that everybody ultimately will enjoy and it'll be memorable for everybody that's a great gift because you can only give that gift one time you can't give it another time you're only going to be playing ohio state the first time once so uh (laughs) i I say no that's that's one that uh they don't realize i took my kids uh, a few years ago patrick and katie and i were down in uh in nichefield for uh, Blues Predators game, and mm-hmm. it was New Year's, and we wound up going to the Music City Bowl, LSU and Notre Dame. Yeah. And uh, we, we didn't need to see LSU and Notre Dame, but we went and got tickets at the window. We had a great time. It's, it was very memorable for us. So, no, I think that uh, if you can get to a bowl game, take advantage of going to a bowl game. Absolutely. I'm going to go to the Music City Bowl. Music City Bowl is cool. Are you really? Yeah, yeah that, that oh, was nice. the one. Maryland yeah. and Auburn. Yeah. You're going to go one to my, that? One of my former, team, one yeah. of my former kids plays for Maryland. Yeah. That, that was the one that we went to. Tell me where I need to go Nishna. down in Nashville. Okay, we'll have a talk later about it. Yeah. No, it, it, it's a great time. And uh, that Maryland and who? Auburn. Uh, okay. Yeah, that'll be a, you'll get good seats. It'll be a great time. It, the Music mm-hmm. City Bowl is a great time. It really is. And there's plenty of things to do. Even, okay, so for the Cotton Bowl, maybe if you're worried about them not having that much fun, I don't know how long they're going down there, but schedule a day to go to the zoo or something like mm-hmm. that that maybe you know they will already enjoy so that it is a full experience that they like. Yeah. There's a big tower. What's that tower in Dallas that they have? Uh, I don't even remember the name. Oh, you can go, see the, go, can go see the grassy knoll. There you go. Mm. <laughs> I don't know if that's exciting for kids. It's <laughs> <laughs> historical. You can teach them a little history. Oh, man. Guess what happened here. Oh, no. <laughs> Anyways, hopefully I didn't traumatize you on oh, this trip. Yeah, exactly. Here's why Danny doesn't trust the state intelligence agency. Oh. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's give me one more. Don't cut us off. We'll loosen it up here. Yeah. Who needs a clock? Uncle Randy, am I a bad father that I don't want to get my six-month-old kids any special?
special gifts from Santa already? How about a first Christmas next year when he already doesn't have every single toy in the world? That's a, uh, no, bad father. Now, you don't have to get toys because six-month-olds six generally don't do the toy thing. But your six-month-old needs a first Christmas ornament, uh, a first Christmas stuffed animal toy that they will keep with them forever and take to college with them. So, yeah, that is, if you don't get your six-month-old uh, gifts to com- to commemorate their first Christmas, you're a bad father. <laughs> I think Rock uh, is seeing the same text yes. I saw. Uh, somebody said, hey, take oh, them to the grass, no. you know, it'll really yeah. blow their mind. Oh, oh. Oh. You have to say it, man. <laughs> Randy, did you text us in? I did not. Three, one, four, no. nice and oh. done, nice and done. That was a good one. Yeah, Do kids know Santa at six months? But you want to, kids, have a memorium of their first They Christmas. should have gifts. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. But, yeah, but it, no, you do need to, be to get them. Santa. Yeah, right. right. Sorry, and you don't need to get them like a, a big fire truck to fall <laughs> off. You can't. We can't. You could, and also, you could also Photoshop things and take a photo and make yeah. it seem like you got them a big gift. And so then later on, be like, Whoa. I got you. I got what? you a GMC truck. Yep, and you didn't want it, so we sent it back. It's <laughs> oh a great idea. <laughs> I'm not getting a GMC truck, David. I'm sorry. It's not happening. We're getting a lot of texts and comments on the YouTube and uh, the text line who are saying, guys, guys, the Dallas Zoo is not free. Oh, well, yeah. Well, you got a better. Why would we go there? We start talking about Dallas, people start losing their heads. It's unbelievable. Oh my god! (laughs) Why is my camera floating? Uh, my camera is floating. He's just doing his own thing. Mine. Uh, Thank you very much for the text. We do appreciate (laughs) them. (laughs) Hey, uh, here's a question for you: Does the college football playoff committee even communicate? That's next on 101 ESPN. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, treks, Envision, Azek, and decorators to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Stop by and see Hackman's expanded paint department, too, with brushes, rollers, painter's tape, and four different lines of interior and exterior paint. Custom color match available. Visit Hackman Lumber's newly remodeled stores in St. Peter's and Pacific, or their showroom in Troy, Missouri. Hackman Lumber. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Heather Vinich has a great piece up about the selection committee and how they came 
to their solution of four four teams for the college football playoff. And one of the lines is one of the committee members, one of the 23 college football playoff committee members said, quote, all of us had this, the, the emotional tie, like, holy blank. This is really going to suck to do this, one member told ESPN. We talked about that over and over, and we just kept coming back to, are they good enough with what they have to win a national championship? And it just kept kept coming back to, we didn't think they could. Now, Bill Hancock, who was in the room as part of the selection committee, as the head of the committee as well, said, I don't recall us really talking about that. So you wonder what sort of communication was going on in that room, that somebody actually asked the question, do they have enough to win the national championship with what they have? But somebody else doesn't recall that part of the conversation at all. Well, that happens in a lot of conversations where people are not mm-hmm. tuned in and miss key points and, and vital information. I think that it's, again, it's just unfortunate that they that this had to happen to Florida State in the manner in which it did. Because you're looking at the team, all you can do is play your games, and, and if you get in, anything is possible, right? And so you you really denied them the opportunity for the anything is possible because you're basically saying there's no way that they're going to win this game. You know who was a 10-point underdog uh, in their game this past weekend? Washington. They were. They were Mm -hmm. a 10-point underdog against Oregon, a team that they had already beaten this year. And they went out and won that game. You just because the points, I, I hear people saying, "Oh, they were, uh, they were." Florida State would have been a fourteen point underdog to Georgia or or uh, Michigan or Alabama or any of these teams. So what? You don't play the game on paper. You mm-hmm. play the game on the field. Anything can happen. Someone could get injured. That could have been a key injury for an opposing team. Not that you want that to happen, but anything is possible. And again, Florida State is a team to go out with your third-string quarterback, a true freshman, never having played a, a college football game, and to win that game despite how ugly it was. You won, and that's the most important thing. They won. They went 13-0. and They won their conference. They won their conference championship, and they still were denied the opportunity to go win a national championship because you're assuming on paper Alabama is better than Florida State. Well, yeah, the best teams find a way to win, and Florida State did exactly that. I think there's – there's so many things to this because, as you know, CD, I've been more on the side of the SEC. I understand, to the frustration with Florida State. It doesn't make it right what's happening here. I do think one line is interesting in this story, Randy, that you're bringing up is this one from Hancock, this quote where he says, It is the most ethical, deliberate, and detailed process I've been through since I left the men's basketball committee, as you mentioned there. <laughs> and I... Just go ahead and say, take the ethical part out, because do I think what happened here was exactly right? No. I wish that they would be more honest about this, and I think we all know what's really going on here. It came down to money. It came down to the four teams that they thought would do the best, one, product-wise, maybe the most competitive teams. It wasn't about the records, and I think they made that very clear even going into the selection process. It wasn't going to be about the records. It would be about the four teams that they thought would be the most competitive product, which is going to drive up ratings. Alabama and Michigan, I assume, are going to do crazy ratings, and that's what it comes down to. You can take the ethical part process out of this, because that's not what this was about, and I just wish that they'd be more honest about that. And at the end of the day, The Big Ten and the SEC are the two conferences that carry the big stick in the college football playoff. It's not the ACC. It's not the Big 12. That's why we've seen years where the ACC might not be represented. The Pac-12 might not be represented. The Big 12, if they are represented, it's as the number four seed. But if you are the big boys, and the big boys now are the Big Ten and the SEC, you're going to get sway. There's going to be an inherent advantage for you. And I do think... 
as I watched the teams, and I saw Florida State three or four times this year. They were really, really good. And I saw Alabama probably half a dozen times this year. And Alabama's really good. My eye test tells me if Alabama played Florida State, they'd probably beat them. But I'm going to go, uh, if I were in this committee, I would go, uh, I would fall on the side of reality rather than perception. I perceive that Alabama's better, but I don't know. But I do know that Florida State was undefeated. And I, I, I don't think that that was given enough of a discussion here. And if you're going to leave a team out, Leave and I, I. One thing I don't get about this committee: mm-hmm. teams are different between week two and week twelve, and they didn't seem to understand that. That if Alabama and Texas played again, Alabama would as great as Texas is this year. Alabama would certainly give them a better game at home. They probably beat them, and I don't think that was given enough sway either. One win early in the season is a lot different than a win late in the season. The 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 part that I think we had Dennis Dodd on on Monday, and he talked about making the votes known from the college football mm-hmm. playoff committee. Know who voted where and what they decided on, because we don't know. We just know, allegedly, collectively, they came to an agreement where one person, as you said, said it was one, a strenuous process, it was a difficult, and another person said, hey, it wasn't that what, bad. What what he, he, I don't recall it like that. that it, that's to, to have those completely opposite ends of the spectrum on a matter that matters this much, I think, is, is absurd. But when you talk about Bama, Bama, to me, when I watch Alabama play football this year, they do not show me the explosive offense that I've seen in the past few years. Their leading rusher is ninth in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Their leading passer is eighth in the SEC. This is not an elite team that they have been in the past few years, regardless of what you want to tell me. Yes, they are a good team. Are they better? Th- they, 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 they beat Georgia. I get it. That was a good game for them. But that's not a game that I watched. That's not a game that I watched both of those teams playing like, ooh, this is great football. No, it was good football, mm-hmm. but it was not explosive. It was not, you know, compelling in the sense of I need to see one of these two teams in the national championship. That's not how that works. Everyone is is so caught up on what Florida State didn't do. Alabama won the game, but it wasn't, as, as I said, as compelling as it has mm-hmm. been in the past few years to watch an Alabama team. So, We'll see. I think Michigan is going to win that game versus them, and then we can put all of this to bed and we don't have to hear any more about it. Yeah, it was a down year for the SEC. I think it's not the caliber that we are used to seeing from them, but it was also a down year for the ACC. In the article, they also pointed out the strength of schedule, which is something that I've also seen brought up being a deciding factor. Alabama was number four in sports source analytics rankings, and that's one of the tools that they use, where Florida State was number 55 on that. But just going back to the rankings, even before this committee selection, do you wonder if maybe that system was even a little bit more flawed? Because obviously you beat a number one team in Georgia, the number one team in the country, but then you had this whole leapfrogging system where it, I think, caused even more of this kerfuffle that we're seeing. And somebody texted this in, which is a good point about Florida State. What about Cardell Jones? Everybody remembers Mm -hmm. that with Ohio State down to their third string quarterback and Cardell Jones, what he was able to do was just huge. So then you're always going to wonder about that mystery with FSU if they got that chance. By the way, their second string quarterback would have been ready for that game by then. So it's not right. And I'm going to totally agree with you on that. But I think that if the committee was being actually honest, then they would say this was about revenue. And the, 100%. The, difference, the difference was, though, with Cardale Jones, Ohio State beat, State beat Wisconsin 59 to nothing in the Big Ten championship game. Yeah, mm-hmm. but though, though, that's that's to me, that's a different I, I, I don't I don't want to compare that game. Ohio State won. 
as did Florida State. And they State. won the national championship. Because they were in the they were had they had an opportunity to right, do. Right. They, Florida State will not get that opportunity. And I think it's just I, I just feel like it's wrong. I know why they did it. It's about money, man. It ain't about you don't want to leave an SEC team out. You 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 understand the business side of football and how important that is. It just means more. That's the slogan. Just because you say it, don't make it true. Just because the Dallas Cowboys say they are America's team, don't make it true. It's a slogan. And it, so for them to put uh, Alabama in that playoffs as opposed to Florida State, I know why it was money, but it doesn't it doesn't make it right. And by the way, 2014, Ohio State was Alabama. Mm-hmm. Ohio State had the loss, and they didn't even play. Uh, well, they, the, the, there were other teams that perhaps deserved more right. of an opportunity because of the perception of Ohio State, but they obviously made it and, and wound up winning the championship. Hopefully all this will be solved next year because you won't have a team. The, the number 13 team in the country will not be able to say, yeah, we would have won the championship. That's a situation where you say, if you don't like it, play better. Because Florida State was undefeated. Florida State, we, we never got an opportunity to see whether or not they could lose. And by the way, Florida State could wind up as the only undefeated team in the country. If they win their bowl game mm-hmm. and Michigan loses and... Uh, Washington loses. Florida State could wind up as the only unbeaten team in the country but not have a chance to win the whole championship. Uh, coming up here on 101 ESPN, we've got to take it or leave it. Send your text into the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646, 314-399-YOHO. Teoli next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? And give us your take it or leave it. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final offer. Take it or leave it. Time for Tioli, 314-399-9646, 314-399-YOHO. Guys, Mike Schultz says that he's going to head on over to Miami to meet with Juan Soto on December 17th. I'm assuming Juan Soto is still going to be with the Padres at that point. And then Schultz says, I'm going to go see Tatty, Fernando Tatis Jr., on the 18th and 19th, and then bounce on over to Aruba to see Bogey, Xander Bogarts after that. Take it or leave it. Schultz is making sure that he doesn't have any philosophical differences with his players before spring training oh, starts. Oh, I'm going to take that. Take it. Take yeah. it. Yeah. Definitely got to take that. Uh, they, yeah. they, uh, he wants to make sure all things are going in the right direction. I wonder if anybody among the Cardinals who was involved in the philosophical differences is kind of hoping that it doesn't work out for Schultz. Oh, I'm going to have to take that, maybe. I think so, too. But he was a part of the organization for so long that you would yep. hope that they would want to at least root for him and his successes. But the way that everything played out mm-hmm. did not seem to go well. I think, if anything, for Mike Schilt, he should probably have a lot of conversations with Preller, who seems mm-hmm. to have a lot of issues right, with his right. managers. So he might be in another situation like that. Mm-hmm. So right now, the Buffalo Bills are 6-6. Six and six. If the playoffs started today, they would be out. They are 11th. Take it or leave it, they actually make it into the playoffs and make it to the AFC Championship game. I'm going to leave it. I hate yeah. their schedule the rest of the way. Uh, from here I don't on think in, they will either. But uh, six and six like out there. Yeah. At, at Kansas City, home against Dallas, mm. at the Chargers, win win. Win. and then New England, win. and then at Miami. 
Miami might be resting that final week, depending on <laughs> where they are. They can go three and two in those last five or four and one. They'll beat they'll beat the Cowboys. You think so? Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. They probably will lose. You got a I don't desperate. know. I don't know about the Chiefs. The Chiefs uh, des- are so des- confusing. Right desperate now. Chiefs team, though. They are desperate, but they aren't really good. You can be desperate and not right. Not yeah, be but good. they've got a lot of good players to be good. They got a good play. They got two really good players offensively. Defensively, they are as sound as well, can if be. If Pacheco is healthy, he's a good player. Yeah. Rasheed Rice is emerging. He, he uh, I would not be averse to having that offense if, if I was a fan of that team. Any team that plays the Chiefs, you double Kelsey and let the other guys figure yep, it out. Right. And see how the let the chips fall where they may. I, I would take Kansas City at home in that game over Buffalo. I think I did take Kansas City. You never know with the Chiefs. That was a bad game the other day. uh, By the way, Green Bay might make the playoffs. Green Bay is emerging. That's a really good coach in Matt LaFleur, and he's got a really good staff. Winning percentage is really good, too. Mm -hmm. Weird year for the NFL. Yeah. Nobody could have predicted this. The script writers went crazy. (laughs) Take it or leave it. We were talking about Shohei Otani earlier, and this is just kind of a discussion that I saw a writer having, and I thought it was interesting. Take it or leave it. It's a bad thing for Major League Baseball that Shohei Otani wants his privacy with all these conversations. Take it. Was that the Buster only piece? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, I I agree with you 100%. I'm going to take it. A bad thing. Because Buster's argument is that with Shohei Otani being essentially the face of Major League Baseball, that it should be a little bit more public and out there and where these teams don't have to dance around it. Now, I am going to have to leave it because I think I do somewhat understand. Now, in Japan, as we know, Shohei is a mega superstar. Mm -hmm. Privacy is not a thing over in Japan if you are considered a superstar. So maybe this is just my line of thinking with, with Shohei. He wanted to test to see if he can trust teams to make sure they wouldn't leak out negative information about him that's going to be all over the news in Japan and things like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if things aren't going yeah. well, he wants to make sure that his privacy is secure. So for teams, he's testing. If you can't even handle this, I'm asking for privacy in this situation, then I'm not going to be able to trust you during my career there. I think he needs to plan a decision. Like yes. LeBron James? Yes. Oh, yeah. Or do it on yeah. ESPN at a Boys and Girls Club? Yep, and just have have the tour. Take the tour and, like Buster only suggested, publicize it. Yeah, talk to mm-hmm. people about it. Celebrate baseball. But, uh, no, I uh, I don't think he will. But I, I, I'll take it that I think he should. Yeah. Be a little bit more public. I understand. Yeah. Uh, all right, Matthew, what do we got on the text line? Take it or leave it. The only way to figure out whether the Blues will win or lose a game on any given night is to shake a magic eight ball and just go with what it says. Uh, yes, it. I'll take it. <laughs> take it. Yep. What did they we'll say? Not it. a chance. Yes, you got this. Maybe. Wasn't there like maybe. a maybe? I'm trying to remember. <laughs> I used to love that thing. Yeah. Take it or leave it. The college playoff committee needs to be taught the lifelong lesson of there's no I in team. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. No. Yeah. They, I don't know what they're doing. I'll take they it. can't win without no. their quarterback. Take it or leave it. They, need, they, they, they learned the much more important saying. It's all about the Benjamins, baby. Oh, uh, yeah, I'll take I'll that. I'll take that for sure. Yeah. Cash rules everything around me. Dollar, dollar, bill, y'all. Dollar, dollar, bill, y'all. Yes. <laughs> take it or leave it. The Steelers will have a 5-1 record in the AFC North this season. I don't know, man. I don't know. I ain't got a quarterback in case you guys don't know that. What do you mean? You have, you have a former top three pick. We ain't have a we have a quarterback <laughs> issue if you didn't know that. Yeah. Three and one in the division now. Three. Who they have? They have. 
they've got the uh, Bengals left at home, and then they're at Jake Baltimore Browning. to end of the season. And Baltimore might be might be one of those teams that are resting guys as well. So I don't know, man. I mean, they should beat the Patriots tomorrow. If they don't beat the Patriots tomorrow, we yeah, can it's uh, all over. We can go ahead and pack it up for for the rest of the season, and then at Indianapolis, that should also be a win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Indy's pretty good though. They are. But I think we can still win that one. Indy's uh, right now, record-wise, tied for a playoff spot. They got to win. They got to beat the Patriots on Thursday night football. It's going to be intriguing. Yeah. Take it or leave it. This is a weird one, but I'm going to say it anyway. Take okay. it or leave it. You want Shohei Otani to go to the Cubs because it makes the Cards-Cubs rivalry that much better and entertaining. I'll take it. Yeah, that's not even going to happen, though, because yeah, there's a report no. that the Cubs are definitely out of that conversation. Yeah, they've, apparently they've given up. Yes. Probably taking too long. Mm-hmm. But there's a chance for Yamamoto. No, I wonder why they didn't. Uh, I, I want, uh, Well, I guess it's a Boris thing that they didn't get Bellinger back. But, man, Cody Bellinger was a stud for them. Yeah. Think you, you think you take the, the house money that he, he popped the way he did and you run with it, don't you? Yep. You don't really reinvest in that and ha- expect it to happen again, do you? You let somebody else do that. I would I would try it. It's right. pretty good. Fair enough. Take it or leave it. If the Cowboys beat the Eagles this week on Sunday night, that moves Dak up ahead of Brock Purdy for the MVP. I'll take that. If Tyreek Hill passes two thousand yards, why do we just why do we just bypass Tyreek? Like he why? hasn't been the best player all season long. Why do we feel like it has to go to a quarterback? The Dallas Cowboy, Dak Prescott doesn't necessarily deserve an MVP over Tyreek Hill at this moment. Nor does uh, Brock Purdy or Jalen Hurts or any of the other quarterbacks that they have named all season long. Tyreek Hill has been the absolute best player. In the entire NFL, no questions asked, all season long. He's at, what, 1,500 yards receiving? Yeah. What's the name Four, of the award? 1,480 or something. I think he's like 550. MVP. Most valuable player? I know a team that is undefeated with a player in the lineup and 0-3 without that player in the lineup. Who would that be? Debo Samuel. Oh, well. <laughs> he ain't got enough yards. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey has a bunch of touchdowns. He ain't got enough yards either. Okay. This Tyreek Hill guy. Uh-huh. Tyreek the freak. Uh-huh. What, what if Mitch Trubisky was throwing him the ball? Uh, Mitch Trubisky ain't. <laughs> you know what? If Mitch Trubisky could get it out there, he might be okay with Tyreek. As as yeah, receiver. Tyreek is awesome. He's 1481 right now. Come on, man. That's amazing. Thank That's you, Matthew. Ridiculous. Thank you, Randy. And thank you very much for your texts. We do appreciate them. Coming up, we're going to talk to our buddy Jamie Rivers, Blues and the Golden Knights tonight at Enterprise Center. We're going to talk to Rivers about the roller coaster ride next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're talking everything St. Louis Blues as we head into the Blues booth. Presented by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors, a proud partner of your St. Louis Blues. Find your perfect new floor at our four convenient locations and online at BoardwalkHardwood.com. Golden Knights are in action tonight over at Enterprise Center. 7 o'clock pregame here on 101 ESPN. 8 o'clock faceoff. And our friend Jamie Rivers will be part of the call on Bally Sports Midwest. Rivers joins us now here on 101 ESPN. Rivers, uh, a late start tonight if you weren't aware of it. 8 o'clock, so take your time getting to the rink. 
<laughs> yeah, it does throw me off a little bit because, as you know, Randy, you're trying to always organize the radio schedule with the TV schedule, and then you know, got a bonus hour today on the air, so that's good. Yeah. Hey, I want to start with something that's serious, and we'll have fun and, and play around, but. One of the greatest Blues alumni and one of the greatest people I know is Kelly Chase. And the Blues put on Twitter yesterday that Chaser is starting his uh, chemo treatments for leukemia. He started them yesterday. And you know Chaser as well as anybody. And I just wanted you to to weigh in with with your thoughts and, and prayers for our, our friend Kelly Chase. Yeah, you know, look, Chaser, from the day I got here to St. Louis was an unbelievable teammate, unbelievable guy. I remember how welcoming he was when I was 18. He made sure I had a car to drive around while training camp was going on. And, and he always just, you know, looked out for all of his teammates and, and he's never stopped. You know, even post career, he's, he's always looking out for people and he's, he's always been a fighter. So, you know, uh, and, and I'm, you know, Randy, as well as anybody, Chaser's never backed down from a good fight. Uh, and this is going to be a hell of a fight, but I, I think he's got this. Yeah. Agreed. We're all thinking of him right now. Well, Jamie, I wanted to ask you about, obviously, what a performance that was by Jordan Bennington in Las Vegas. You've seen a lot of great games from Benner, but where does that one rank amongst some of the, his greatest moments? Wow. You know, I think we forget sometimes just how good Jordan Bennington has been since being recalled way back in the 2018-2019 season. I mean, obviously, he went on that magnificent Stanley Cup run, and there are a number of games where he played out of his mind in that playoff run. You know, the, the double overtime game against the Dallas Stars, of course, we always go back to Pat Maroon because he scored the overtime winner. But without Jordan Bennington, there is no overtime that game. I mean, there were pockets of that game where the Dallas Stars were all over the Blues and Jordan Bennington made save after save after save. And then, you know, the game seven against the Boston Bruins, without Jordan Bennington in the first period, you, maybe you don't win the Stanley Cup. In fact, I'd argue you don't because there probably would have been two or three goals scored in that first period. So to go back to you know, the, the last game here in Vegas, just the other night, it was a magnificent performance. But I'm not surprised. If that makes sense, I'm not surprised. And it was a lot of the national people around the hockey world have these things, that, that these, these thoughts about Jordan Bennington. You know, he's not a goalie he once was, or he's a flash in the pin, or his antics and all this other crap that they bring up. He is a fantastic goalie, and I tell you right now, apart from maybe two other guys in the NHL, that most teams would want Jordan Bennington in between the pipes in Game 7 with the Stanley Cup on the line. Jamie, there's a, a quote by Mike Tyson. So I'm going to paraphrase it here. It says, discipline is doing the things you hate to do, but doing them like you love it. And, and you know, when, when football players play on Sunday and then they got to play on Thursday night, our bodies are sore. We don't want to get up and do that, but you have to. As a hockey player, you might be sore after two or three games, but you got to get up and play that third or fourth game. How do you get this team to, to do that every single night with the discipline, with the effort, with the energy, so that it's not win one, lose one, lose one, win one, just the back and forth that it has been? Yeah, it's a grind. There's no doubt. You know, and I can tell you this, it's not an excuse. It's just a fact. And had I not been traveling with the team, I maybe wouldn't have thought about it as much as I have here recently. But this has been a grind on this club. The month of November, leading into December now, it has been almost constant travel. You know, you've had a couple of home games here and there, but you, the players have been home for a day and a half, maybe two days at the most, and then back on the road for a minimum of four days, and then a couple of big long, long trips as well. So that's a grind too. And I think people forget that 
that factors into it because you're constantly disrupted. It's not like life and luxurious lifestyle. Yes, they have the chartered flights. Perfect. They get fed well, all that stuff. They're taken care of. Yes. But they're constantly having to pack, unpack, get ready, go to a rink, and you're getting beat up in the meantime. They're playing two or three games in that pocket of time, and they've got to try and ice their bodies and, and stay in shape and stay on top of things. It's always it's constant motion that isn't easy. So for this Blues team, I think that they're starting to get the hang of it a little bit. I'd like to see them a little more consistent. Uh, and the bottom line is, Kerry, from the first game you play during the season – to the last game, you're hurt. Yep. <laughs> you're, you are. You're, you're, you're like, it's, it's, it's just a level of pain between one and 10. And it depends what it is from a week to week basis or a game to game basis. So it's nothing new for these guys. And maybe some of the younger guys are learning to deal with it in a different way. But, you know, I, I think that for me, the inconsistency isn't so much that guys are getting tired or beat up on all the time. I still think that this is a relatively young team in some areas and they're maturing and they're learning what it's like to play a full 82-game season and to be counted on every night, not just to be an accent piece. Right. Hey, Revs, uh, the schedule after tonight, and uh, I would imagine that we'll have an angry Vegas team here, but then you get three of the top or three of the bottom five teams in the league in your next four games, Columbus, Chicago, Detroit playing really well, and then Ottawa. They're not very good this year either. Is this a key point? Because it seems like during the holiday season, as we approach the holidays, there seem to be some distractions. Can this be, as far as the Blues making the playoffs in a very tight league, can, could this be a key stretch for this team? Oh, absolutely. I mean, look, at you still, to your point, just to Kara's point a couple minutes ago, you know, win one, lose one, win one, lose one. You know, the Blues, to their credit, haven't lost two in a row here, but they also haven't strung together a bunch of winning streaks either. So I think that this part of the schedule is huge. I think that you've got some games that are winnable. Uh, however, I would caution not to look past those games mm-hmm. because the last time that happened, uh, you look past a team called San Jose mm-hmm. and you end up losing 5-1. And, you know, sometimes, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think there was a certain amount of maybe even looking past Arizona the other night and – you know, that blew up in your face because you weren't ready to go in the first period. So I don't think, even though there's teams that are not good in this league, I don't think there's ever a game where you can't prepare for it. So this Blues team better be ready to go. And if they truly want to win games, those are the games they have to really elevate their game but they make sure they get the damn two points. Yep. And by the way, congratulations to the Sharks that are not in the basement of the league anymore. <laughs> the, the Chicago Blackhawks have the worst record in the National Hockey League now. It's always good to hear those words. Chicago Blackhawks <laughs> in the basement. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, Rivs, have fun tonight. We'll be tuned in. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it, and uh, have a good one. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. Take care. That's our buddy Jamie Rivers, Blues analyst on Valley Sports. You'll hear him this afternoon with Anthony Stalter on the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Well, let's see if they can string together another win, because that was a great performance. That by the huge. Blues yeah. against I, I mean, Vegas. I get the, the traveling. I understand all of that. I think the part that and, – and I think Jamie would agree with this. Every team is going through it. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. if, if every team – it would be one thing if you are – you know, when, when you're traveling to a city and the team has been home for four or five nights, that that definitely makes a difference for them mm-hmm. because they're, they're rested and you've been on the road traveling. So those things matter. But every team has to have the same travel schedule for, essentially for, for the entire season. So – when you do get those home stands and you do have two or three games at home, those are the games where you have to win two out of three. You got to win all three of them because that's how you get your record to be better because the team is on the road, you're rested, you're at home. 
just got to find a way to be be more consistent than they have been. Blue seven and three at home, six seven and zero oh on the road, and these are road games as we mentioned against Chicago, Ottawa that you need to take advantage of. It's the opening drive on one hundred and one ESPN. Coming up, the Cardinals down at the winter meetings for the last day. Are they going to accomplish what Mo wants to accomplish? That's next on one hundred and one ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on one hundred and one ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Well, expectations are high. Um, yeah. You don't go and do what we just did hoping to just get back to 80 wins. I mean, our expectations are to, to put a real team out there that, that not only will compete for our division, but hopefully play into October. But I think when you look at our club overall, especially from a roster standpoint, we have great balance. Um, obviously, a Mason Wynn, Jordan Walker, these guys are only 22 years old. Yeah. And then you couple that with a, a, a Goldie and an Arenado, we really do feel like we have great balance. And so obviously we're going to have to have someone step up, someone emerge to be the next superstar. But, you know, we have a lot of confidence in our everyday life. Uh-huh. That is Jamo Zilak on MLB Tonight on MLB Network. And he said last year on opening day that he had a lot of confidence in their opening day lineup. They liked their offense last year, and their <laughs> offense was reasonable. They also liked their pitching last year, and it didn't work out. The pitching should be better this year. Derek Gould reporting yesterday that the Cardinals met with agents discussing their reliever clients. They're weighing those options ver- versus potential trades and currently see set-up-free agents as the more likely route to go for two additions to the bullpen. I want to start with this, uh, and I, I I do appreciate Mo going down to uh, the winter meetings with the idea of getting relievers. But I said this when the Cardinals tendered Tyler O'Neill that they have to have a deal for Tyler O'Neill. Somebody's got to be prepared to take him. Otherwise, why would you have a six million dollar Tyler O'Neill on your roster? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't appear now as if there is essentially a taker for Tyler O'Neill. That's what I was confused about because I just thought that that's what was happening. I'm like, oh, surely there would be some sort of deal lined up. But now it almost seems like they're just trying to continue to put it out there. Hey, by the way, we have Tyler O'Neill, And maybe they have had some conversations and they were looking for specifically a reliever in exchange for Tyler O'Neill. And teams are saying, well, that's not enough. We're going to need another part of this package other than just Tyler O'Neill. And the Cardinals aren't willing to budge maybe with some of the other guys that people are asking for. I think, well, that, that waiting on you know, the Tyler O'Neill trade or news on him is going to be, might be a while. And and the thing about it is that this is the thing that I always say about fans of a specific team. Mm-hmm. Well, let's just trade such and such. To who? I mean, if you don't mm-hmm. want him, what makes you assume that other people are going to want him? They watch what he's done. They see what he's done. He's a hell of a baseball player, but he's been injured a lot throughout his entire Cardinal career. So when you're looking at him and, and what you could get in return – the Cardinals may have to settle for something that they don't think is worth trading him for, but if you want to move on from him, knowing that he's not going to get many at-bats, knowing that he's not going to get many opportunities, you're going to have to trade for something less than what you were expecting to begin with. And at this point, again, if teams are not knocking down your door, which they probably aren't, to trade for Tyler O'Neill, that's going to be the result. Uh, uh, Matthew, can you play that cut again? Just the first like 10 seconds of that cut? Because there's something that he said here that I kind of referred to on the day the Cardinals signed Sonny Gray. Here we go again. Well, expectations are high. Um, yeah. You don't go and do what we just did hoping to just get back to 80 wins. I mean, okay, our expectations. Right there. That's good. Didn't you say something like that? I, I What I said is if you are going to spend a record amount of money to get back to 500, that that would be a waste of money. So he says you don't do what we've done to get back to 80 wins. If the Cardinals can go sign two mid-level relievers, 
And they have this starting rotation of Gray, Michaelis, Lynn, Gibson, Mats, and then maybe Zach Thompson in, mm-hmm. in reserve. Do you think that's more than an 81-win team? Is that better than 500? That that starting rotation. It's it better, doesn't feel like it's better than it. last. It's better than, it's better than, last than a ninety loss team that, that they exactly. had last year. Exactly, but to me, five hundred doesn't get you to the playoffs, and that should be the ultimate goal. If the Cardinals don't go get that number one starting pitcher, sure, they have improved themselves. There is no doubt that this team is better than last year. No doubt about that. Mm, yes, but I don't know that they're an awful lot better than a five hundred team. Yeah, well, five hundred doesn't win you the division. It doesn't, as you said, get you into the playoffs. We we listened to a cut yesterday where he said winning the division and making a run in October. Mm-hmm. Those things, you got to have, you still may be missing a component, a key component. And maybe that make, they maybe they make that, that decision at the trade deadline, depending on where they are, you know, throughout the entire season. I think this team still needs another piece. We've talked about it, a, a, an, an ace, a swing and miss guy, because we were talking about that yesterday yeah. after the show. Who is the swing and miss guy? If you are transitioning from a pitch to contact, which they had been, and the shift is no longer uh, to your to, available to you, now you got to have swing and miss guys. Who is the swing and miss guy on this staff? Is It's Sonny Gray, and who else? Mm-hmm. And, right. and, who else? and yeah. so – you're going to have to figure that part out at some point down the line. Maybe they do something before the the uh, before spring training starts, or maybe they wait until after uh, until the trade deadline. And I, I'm going to put this out there in the universe because it's logical. And I, I don't wish ill will. I want everybody to be healthy. But ordinarily, when you have 35-year-old starting pitchers or older, Here they don't hurt. last for six months. These guys lasted for six months. I really believe the Cardinals are taking a major roll of the dice in counting on these five starting pitchers, and I'm going to include Mats because he's been hurt the last two years, to stay healthy. Yeah, and so it's another strategic mistake, right? It Could be. And if you say, the CD, what you are what you were saying too there, is that if you're going to change your philosophy, which was something that John Mosellock stated, to more swing and miss stuff, but then Sonny Gray is really the only acquisition that you have that really does that. We talked about this earlier. The only other way that you can add swing and miss, I understand it's not something that happens overnight, but you know what does help with that is going and spending money in free agency or making a trade to do that. And it really seems, just based on the reports that are coming out, and somebody pointed out that the trades are kind of slowly happening. I will agree with that. So... There is still a chance that the Cardinals can make a trade, possibly for a starting pitcher, but it seems like the Cardinals are not a part of those Dylan Cease conversations even mm-hmm. more now. Even a Tyler Glass now. It seems like those conversations, at least at this moment, they haven't been a part of that. And I just think we had Benji Molina in here, and he said the exact same thing. You know, We've had other guests on, too, have said the exact Xavier same thing Scruggs. as we're saying, that they are still missing a piece. And if you could get that via trade for this starting rotation, then that is something they should do. But also, we're not in those negotiations. So maybe with what we were talking about with Tyler O'Neill, we might value some players here higher than maybe other teams do, and they just can't yeah. work out a trade. There's a million different things that are going on. I just wish that they could figure out something to add another piece to the starting rotation. I, I just agree. I don't believe. Maybe I'm wrong here, but I can't believe Bill DeWitt Jr. is saying, okay, well, yeah, fine. Yeah, we'll just uh, we'll, we'll pay a portion of the $6 million that Tyler O'Neill is going to get uh, so that uh, we cannot have him anymore. I I am shocked, if it's true, that the Cardinals tendered Tyler O'Neill without 
either planning to keep him or having a taker already planned to to take him for whatever price might be out there. I I'm shocked by that mm-hmm. because it seems are, like. But are you? Because they they kept Paul DeYoung last year, and we kind of knew who. But he was under contract. I mean, this yeah, guy. That, if you're non-tender, you don't have to pay him, and he's not going to play for you. He's not going to play for your manager. I, I think they they probably thought that they probably overvalued what what Tyler O'Neill was more yes. than he actually is to other teams. Right, and that's why I think that they should have gauged that value before they yes. tendered him. Mm-hmm. I think this is the problem, though. Uh, you, you talked about the process with Paul DeYoung and, and it being in them handling it in a similar way. I know the situations are different, but nonetheless, and you talked about how, Randy, that it could work. The pitching could work. The bottom line, I think, with both of these points, though, are is this the correct process? Is this the best process to build the team? The results might be fine, mm-hmm. but let's just look at this from this standpoint that we have now. Is this the best process to build this team going into 2024? And I think the answer that a lot of people are going to come up with is not really. And I think that's a, that's a fair answer. Yeah, the, uh, the, this is a gamble. And is, is the best process to gamble? I don't think so. Now, could the Cardinals financially have done anything more? They did get their three starting pitchers. They spent, what, 25, 35, 37, 47, $48 million. Could they have done better? Not with as much quantity as as Mo calls it, volume, but it would have been nice to have that just that little bit of quality at the top of the rotation. And if things aren't done yet, but as Derek Gould reports, the Cardinals are right now talking to agents for relievers about mm-hmm free agent relief pitching and it doesn't appear that trades are on the horizon for the Redbirds and the rumors around the winter meetings are that other teams are interested in Dylan Cease and have more to offer more desire to have him than the Cardinals do. You know what I would like? I think Mo should write a book when he re- when he's done mm-hmm. about all of the the things that we were wrong or right about and, and mm-hmm. yeah, you know I was trying we were trying to trade this person and we had this deal in place and you know Kerry Davis and Randy Carragher said mm-hmm. that Brooks said that you know just yeah. just let us know where we <laughs> where we close. Yep. But they, they he'll slightly change our names yeah, a little yeah. bit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> just like slightly change it. I, I would like yeah. to know the the ins the inner workings. Like I told you, I was watching the Bye Bye Barry and Wayne Font said, mm-hmm. you know, Joe Montana oh, so called good. me. Yeah, mm-hmm. he wanted to play for the Lions, and the GM said, Nah, he's yeah. too old. Like those types of things. How close are we to knowing to to having certain people or certain players yep. here, or not having them? And that's his job. And by the way, Mo is. Generally, I, I don't think in this offseason he's been really as forthright as he has in the past, but he doesn't lie to us. If you read between the lines with John Mozeliak, he's pretty good about informing the fans as to what the Cardinals are going to do. You just have to be uh, cognizant of the fact that you have to read between the lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he said last season that they were going to be focused on getting a catcher, and what did they get? They got a catcher. catcher. Yeah. They definitely got a catcher, didn't get the other pieces. Three starters. This offseason, three starters. He got three starters. Yep. So uh, I think the the goal to come back to where we started this conversation, I think the goal to start these winter meetings, and nobody else is doing anything either, but mm-hmm. I, I think the goal changed from making a trade maybe for a starter or relievers to now pursuing free agent relief pitchers and probably not making a trade. Coming up, the Vegas Golden Knights are in town, and Bobby, Tommy will join us as he does every week here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Thomas scores! Getting you inside the Blues locker room. What a goal by Robert Thomas! It's 
It's time now for Blues Forward, Robert Thomas on the opening drive. Driven by Pure Performance, the only stop for all your aftermarket vehicle needs. Grimsley, Super Bowl champ, Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker, opening drive, 101 ESPN. Robert Thomas with us on the Celebrity Line, the Blues Center. Blues play at 8 o'clock tonight. Robert, good morning. How are you doing? Doing well, guys. Have you ever had a day, whether it was in juniors or peewees or whatever, ever had a game day where uh, on the day uh, when you woke up in the day, you didn't know what time the game was? Like, have you ever thought, like, there was a 7 o'clock game and it was really 8, like tonight? Uh... Not without knowing, no. Good. Okay, good. Because I, I would totally do that. I, I just, I'm such a creature of habit. I would think, oh, every game starts at seven. You know, unless you know, yeah, obviously you know a, a day game. But I, I would show up at the rink early. I, I would be an hour early for an eight o'clock game. So what happens on a six o'clock game? <laughs> I'm screwed. I'm screwed, buddy. <laughs> hey, uh, congratulations on that win over Vegas. And I would guess tonight you have to expect that because Vegas doesn't lose much, they're going to be a highly motivated team, and they're going to want a little. Uh, they're they're going to want to exact some revenge tonight. Yeah, um, it's always it's always tough playing teams back to back, especially when you win the first one, or if you lose the first one, you know. You're going to get their best game, so uh, it'll be an exciting challenge. Obviously, Petro and Barbie are, are coming in and, and want to win as well, so um, it'll be a good challenge for us tonight. So, Robert, we only played 16 games, but I would get butterflies or anxious, excited before a game because there's only 16 of them. Do you get? Do you still get that for each game? I mean, it's 82 of them. Do you still kind of get the, the nerves that rile up before a game? Yeah. Um, every game you get excited. Um you know, it usually takes the the puck drop in the first first period, and once you kind of see everyone going, then it gives you a little energy, and and you're ready to rock. Now, for me, those wouldn't go away until I actually hit somebody. Is that the same for you? Is it is it running into somebody or or getting a good shot or good pass? How does that? How do they go away? Uh, it's usually the first time I touch the puck. Okay. Um, Someone's trying to come and hit you, and if you can get out of the way, then you're, you're ready to rock. <laughs> Robert, you mentioned seeing Petrangelo and Barbie again. It seemed like Barbie had it out for Jordan Bennington the other night, but what is it like seeing those two? I'm sure that it's still weird, right? Yeah, yeah, it's always different. Um, always fun playing against guys that you've played with for a while. So, um, yeah, it's always good to catch up and get to see him for a little bit after the game and, and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, other than that, it's, it's fun competing against them. Who are some of the other guys in the league? Uh, obviously, uh, you like your former teammates, but what about, like, pretty soon you're going to see Brady Kachuk, Brady and Matthew. Who are the guys that you really enjoy, your friends that you enjoy competing against, and you just want to win a personal battle against them? Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's lots. Um, you know, I've played a couple of years in the league. I pretty much know someone on every team now, um, at least, you know, off the ice, so... Uh, that's one of my favorite things is it's always someone that you, you, you know, you know pretty well and, and you want to beat and um, just kind of adds that competitiveness. Well, Robert, this is the time of year where a lot of people are getting sick. And I know that Craig Bruby was sick for the last home game, but he was able to push through it. What was it like for players and coaches to just kind of have to push through sickness like that? Yeah. Um, you know, it's part of it. Um, you know, Chief kind of lost his voice there for a little bit. It was great. <laughs> I was going to ask that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's part of it. Um, it kind of happens straight when, when winter comes along and um, just got to find a way to try and stay healthy as much as you can because 
once it gets in the locker room, it, it spreads like wildfire. So do, when he's losing his voice, is he just angry right on like a whiteboard <laughs> of what he wants to say to you guys? Or how does that work out? I think we all know what he's trying to say. <laughs> so, so people don't know when you're a professional athlete, when you do get sick, you we couldn't call in. We had to actually go into the facility, have them look at you, let them let them know that you were actually sick, and then they could send you home. Is that the same way with hockey? Uh, I mean, yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, I don't don't really believe in sick days. You know, you can always find a way to get get through it and once you get moving you tend to feel better anyways so not a not a big believer in sick days now robert i know you are a a nfl fan have you been keeping up with any college football and and seeing how fsu just really got uh done poorly in the college football playoff (laughs) i did see that um i I don't really know how the the whole college robert you're not the only one nobody does nobody does we're we're all there yeah it was pretty good though yeah, I, they were. They were. They were undefeated, and and unfortunately, were not allowed to be in the college football playoff. So you are like most Americans trying to figure out how the hell this works. <laughs> yeah, you could, you could definitely say that. But Robert, did you watch that Florida State and Louisville game? Uh, I did not. It was not a good game, so you didn't miss out. Brooks not helping here. <laughs> uh, hey, Robert, I, I want to go back to sickness. Have you ever had a flu game? Uh, yeah. I mean. I don't know what you're counting. Like, flu, like Michael Jordan, like the famous. Was, were you afflicted with the flu and played anyway? And how'd you play when you were sick? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've had the flu a bunch of times playing, so had some really good games and had some really bad games. So who knows? Yeah. Well, it's it's going to be fun tonight, and uh, uh, this is kind of a weird time of year. I was going to ask you: Have you started or finished your holiday shopping? Yep, yep. I'm all done Christmas shopping. Got well, it done early this year. Does Robert wow. Thomas go to the stores, or are you are online guy? How how do you get all your Christmas shopping? Okay, that's what I thought. All you're not yeah. you're not going to the stores and actually you know going out there and being amongst the people. No, we've, uh, <laughs> we've had a lot of road trips, so I've had a lot of time in the hotel, and that's that's why I got it done. But usually I'm a I'm a December 23rd kind of guy. <laughs> Me too. I, I am too. Hey, Robert, one more thing. Uh, I, I promoted this segment by saying Bobby Tommy is coming up next. Robert Thomas, Bobby Tommy. Love it or hate it? I hate it. We've <laughs> <laughs> been calling you that this whole time. I love it. Yeah, okay, thank you. Never, I, I will never do it again. I promise. You're just Tomer, okay? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> All right, brother. Hey, have a great one tonight. Thanks so much for the time. We'll be uh, tuned in. We'll be watching you, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, cheers, guys. Thanks, you too. Take care. That's uh, that's Robert Thomas, Tomer. Yeah, no Bobby Tommy, <laughs> no more. Bobby <laughs> Tommy. He's over it. Why not? Over it. No, it has a nice it. ring to it. He hated it. We've got a, a late edition of the fight. Do you need a fighter, Matthew? Uh, no, we had a winner yesterday. You got to go up against Tom again. He, he oh, won, Tom, he won yeah. Four and oh. I mean, he won four. He, he got, four. got four right yesterday. Four to three, I only got three. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Uh, okay, so we'll make this happen. We'll uh, we'll have a fight for you coming up next on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight in the red corner, average Joe listener.
Welcome back to the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for the fight. And our fighter for the second day in a row is Tom. Tom, how you doing? I'm good, Kerry. How are you? Doing well. How were you feeling after that uh, that big four to three victory yesterday? Uh, it felt a little bit like a slumdog millionaire moment. I, I kind of stumbled into that one. All right, well, let's see if you can stumble into another win today or just, you know, win outright. Let's get it done. Here we go. Do it. There have been three, sorry, there have been six 300-yard receiving games in NFL history. Who is the only current player with one of those games? Is it Tyreek Hill, A.J. Brown, or Julio Jones? Uh, I'll say Julio Jones. The Lions are on pace to end the second-longest division championship drought in the NFL, last winning in 1993. Which team has the longest drought, last winning their division in 1989? Is it the New York Jets, Miami Dolphins, or Cleveland Browns? Probably the Jets. Professional wrestling legend The Big Show, born Paul White, played one season of basketball at which area mid-major program? Is it SIU Edwardsville, SLU, or Bradley? I'll say Bradley. Who was the first wide receiver in NFL history to hit the 100-touchdown mark, doing so in 1989? Was it Mark Clayton, Irving Fryer, or Steve Largent? I'll do Irving Fryer. All right, we'll double-check our score, and we will bring in Randy Carricker. Tom, how you feel? About as confident as yesterday. No, oh, well, you did pretty well yesterday. Yeah, you got it four out. out of four yesterday, so maybe, uh, maybe it is a, a good thing. I, I might be regressing to the mean today. We'll see. <laughs> uh. We'll see. Randy Carricker, say hello to Tom again. Tom again. Good morning. How you doing? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> hey, Randy. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. All right, Randy. You ready? I'm ready. There have been six 300-yard receiving games in NFL history. Who is the only current player with one of those games? Um, so Flipper Anderson had one. Is Julio Jones considered current? He's on a, a roster do you right want, now. Do you want I the, think I will go with Julio Jones. All right. <laughs> How to answer that, sir? <laughs> The Lions are on pace to end the second longest division championship drought in NFL history, last winning in 1993. Which team has the longest drought, last winning their division in 1989? 1989. That's a long time to win a division without having uh, won a division. Um, Really long time. Um, Okay. Well, let's uh, let's go through here. Let's see. Everybody in the South and the NFC South has, because they do it all the time. NFC North, Lions, Vikings, Packers, Bears. I think the Bears won in 06, maybe? Um, then you got the NFC East. Uh, ooh, no, the, the Redskins won in 91. Uh, so uh, all of those teams have. Uh, and then you've got the West, Rams, Niners. I'm, I'm wondering if the Cardinals. They, they I think they might have made the playoffs in '88 or '89. So I'll, I'll leave them as a possibility. The Dolphins won in '08. Bills obviously have. Uh, Patriots obviously have. Jets. 
89, I don't think so. They, I don't think they won when they... So we'll, have, we'll put the Jets in there as a possibility, too. And then AFC South. Uh, don't... You know, those teams haven't even been around. Um, uh, and then AFC West, Chiefs Chargers. Uh, they won in 05. Uh, Raiders. Um, that might... Yeah, no, they won in 91. Um, Chiefs Chargers, Raiders, Broncos. So I'm going to I'm gonna say it's going to be between... Uh, the Cardinals. They when they went to the Super Bowl, they were not a division champ. They had that year with Aeneas. So I, I think I don't know if they won with with uh, won a division with Carson Palmer. They played in the NFC Championship game. Um. So. Oh, and then hold on, I messed up here. Eighty nine. <laughs> Um, I, I think I will go with the Cleveland Browns. I, I messed up. I think I'll go with the Cleveland Browns. Final answer? Yeah. I'll do the lifeline. <laughs> Wait, are you being serious? Yeah, I'll do, okay. the, I'll do the lifeline. <laughs> the Jets, Dolphins, Browns. Okay, definitely not the Jets. Or not, not the Dolphins. Jets. Uh, nine and seven under Parcells in 1997. I'll say it's the Browns. Yeah. Ready. Oh, that was her. That I, was supposed to give I, I literally, I literally, said, I literally <laughs> said to Rocky. Yeah, I, I, I said, said to Rocky, I was like, I was like, it took Randy so long that everybody forgot who asked the question. <laughs> All right, Professor. That's what happens when you ask a, a single team out of 32. You have to go through them if you want to get it right. Professional professional wrestling legend, the big show born Paul White, played one season of basketball at which area mid-major program? <sighs> area mid-major. Paul White. Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know wrestling. I, I, that's <laughs> in, entertainment. It's not really sports. What? Um, I think that's what they call themselves, right? WWE? It's real to World me, Randy. Wrestling the World Entertainment. Wrestling. Yeah. It used to be um, Federation. I like WWF. So, area, mid-major, I'll say uh, not SLU, mid-major, uh, not... Uh, I'll, I'll go with Carbondale, SIU Carbondale. I was hoping you'd go through all the... Um, (laughs) final question Mm -hmm. who was the first wide receiver in nfl history to hit the 100 touchdown mark doing so in 1989 1989 uh first 100 um hmm a good one so a guy that played obviously during the 80s it would not have been rice because that would have been too fast uh 89, 81. I think I'll try just a total guess here. I don't even know if he got to 100. Oh, there's a couple of guys here that I can try. But I am going to try Art Monk. It was a tricky fight today. A low-scoring winner. Yeah, we do have a winner outright yeah. from the fight. I'm not going to do it. No, no. Did Tom move on for a Hall of Fame opportunity tomorrow? 
on this Wednesday, or does Megamind come back on day two and get back into the winner's column? Ring that bell. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. Just win, baby. I'm sorry, Tom. Randy Carricker beat you two to one in today's fight. Oh, thank, thanks for having me. No doubt, Tom. Thanks, Tom. On the show. Let's go through the questions. There have been six 300-yard receiving games in NFL history. Julio Jones hit exactly 300. Philip Anderson, Calvin Johnson, Stephon Page. The mm-hmm. KMC Chiefs yep. receiver, yep. Stephon Page, Jim Benton, and Cloyce Box, which is the greatest name in NFL history that I never knew until no, today. No, 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 no. There was a linebacker named Steve Stonebreaker. Damn it, that's that's better. Yeah, uh, so Cloyce Box and then Julio Jones, these six 300-yard receiving games There in was NFL a wide receiver named Fair Hooker. That's right. Okay. John <laughs> Meredith said, no such thing. <laughs> the Lions oh, wow. are on pace to end the second longest division championship drought in the NFL, last winning in 1993. It was, in fact, the Cleveland Browns who last won their division in 1989 and haven't won it since. Professional wrestling legend The Big Show, born Paul White, played one season of basketball at SIU Edwardsville when they were a Division oh, II program, and almost. they won the Division II National Championship they weren't a mid-major. Well, they were, they're now a mid-major. Okay. Um, that's, but, but, <laughs> but yeah, you got, the, you got SIU, just you, you guessed wrong, wrong on, on the, on the, on the yeah. city. And who was the first <laughs> wide receiver in NFL history to hit the 100 TD mark doing so? In 1989, it was Steve Largent. And on this day mm. in 1992, Jerry Rice would catch his 101st to break that record. And then, obviously, he would never be passed. So a 2-1 win today in the fight for Randy Carricker. Tom, thanks so much for joining the show and joining the fight. And he is off. You've had some uh, people upset about some things yeah. you've said in the past. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you you know, we say things, and sometimes the text line, mm-hmm. saying wrestling is not a sport kind of rub people the wrong well, way. Well, it's it, entertainment. It, Vince McMahon says it's entertainment. He says it's not a competition. So I'm going to go along with what the actual former leader and founder of WWE says. I'm not going to listen to those people when I can listen to the person who actually founded the the event. Yes, Say that no, we are we are not sports. We are not competition. That's why we're WWE <laughs> Entertainment. I'm, I apologize to you for spouting reality. We don't. They don't. It, it's okay. It was a basketball question anyway. Oh uh, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, and I know there's people probably on the text line too that say hey, it's taking too long. You know what? We're we're right on clock here. So. They, they are saying that. That's the way it goes. Uh, coming up, the rush hour reset on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're recapping the biggest sports stories of the day on the Opening Drive with a Rush Hour Reset. Nine oh two in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Brooke, Carrie, and Randy. Great to have you with us on one hundred one ESPN. Blues back in action tonight. They take on the Golden Knights. Free game at seven. Action at eight. And the Blues will try to stay on the winning track after losing in Arizona on their last trip. Now they're going to try to. Uh, keep winning after beating Vegas. You beat Vegas two times in a row, then all of a sudden you're a Stanley Cup contender. Um, <laughs> well, Randy, let's mm-hmm. let's slow it down a little bit. That, that that just means you're playing at the level that you could potentially play at. But yeah, keep doing it. I, I want to see them play how they played a few nights ago. I do too. Now, yeah. You showed me you can do it versus this exact team at their house. Now do it again at your house. And score Doesn't first. Like that score seems first. to be the winning yeah, formula a, for the thing. Blues. Yeah. Don't allow, don't allow a goal in the first minute of the game. Hmm. There's something there. Boy, there's just a, a lot there. 
Yeah. They, we, we might need to study this. Can I say, last night, I was at the Jack Buck Awards mm-hmm. over at the Missouri Athletic Club, and Doug Armstrong was there. He was awarded with the Stan Musial Award, and that was probably the most candid I've ever heard Doug Armstrong, because we're talking about the Stanley Cup here, and he just kind of really exposed what it was like for him during that time. And he talked about points in his career where he thought that maybe he would get fired or let go. And he talked about going into the summer of that 2018 season that would obviously lead to the Blues winning the Stanley Cup, that he told his wife, okay, I feel pretty secure. I feel good about this team. Let's put a pool in the backyard. Mm. So they start building the pool, and he said, let's build a ledge over the pool with like two little fire pits the Stanley Cup is going to go there one day. Wow. And then things started falling apart. Fire Mike Yo, but bring in Craig Berube. Yeah. Then Jordan Bennington comes around, and then he puts up a photo at the very end of the Stanley Cup in between the two fire mm. pits that he has That's there awesome. on the ledge. That was just a really cool moment yeah. from Doug Armstrong. So maybe the Blues can win another cup one day. Maybe not this season. But maybe this season, Maybe though. this season. But when Jordan but, Bennington performs like he did the other night, that was very 2019-esque of Jordan Bennington. And hopefully he can maintain that. He started that in January of 2019. Let's just get him playing that way again. And then have him lead the Blues to the Stanley Cup in 2024. Well, if, if the last game uh, is any indication, he's headed in that direction. That was a heck of a game by it Jordan. It really was. So... Hopefully. The Cardinals continue the winter meetings. Yesterday, they fell from the fifth pick in the draft to the seventh. The draft lottery didn't very wor- work very well for the Cardinals, who can't, in 2023, even tank well. Uh, <laughs> kind of a shame, but it's true. Meanwhile, Ali Marmol went on set with uh, our friends at MLB Network and was asked what he expects from his right fielder, Jordan Walker. Jordan's been really good this offseason. Um, last year, this is an extremely talented individual. Um, and last year, it was clear. I mean, he would come in and say, man, the game is fast right now. Uh, defensively, things are going really quick. I'm trying to slow it down out there. And what we'll see is his ability to slow it down. This spring is going to be important for him. Um, but that second year, knowing what to expect, uh, it's going to be great for him to just kind of calm the nerves and just be himself because he's super athletic. Uh, did he have a great year in the outfield? No. Um, as he calms down and settles in, is he athletic enough to be a good outfielder? The answer is yes. So I'm not concerned with him coming in and being nervous again. I think he's going to actually be himself and we're going to see a much better player. I think the big key though is having the proper launch angle. If he gets well, that taken care of, then Walker I think can be a star. <laughs> I think, you know what kills nerves? What what makes the nerves go away? Reps. The yeah, more you well. do it, the more comfortable you become and that's just all he needs. I mean, you saw later in the season, he was making some really good plays out in the outfield. Now, he still had a few times where you're like, eh, you probably shouldn't have went for that or you should have gone for that. But some of the plays he was starting to make as the season came down the stretch, you could tell that he is a great athlete. He is a guy that can learn on the fly and that will get better and better the more opportunities mm-hmm. he gets to do it. I agree. Meanwhile, Ali was asked whether or not he thinks – uh, the Cardinals can be the team in the NL, NL Central to beat. What are his expectations for the 2024 Cards? That's the goal every year. I mean, yeah. Greg, you know truthfully, that. I mean, yeah, Is it coming from you. Are we serious? About that? <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! I just know how big you, fan. By you've the got way. a million GMs yeah. in the city of St. Louis watching right now. That, that and, and only, including it, yourself. It's incredible. <laughs> Everyone and he's thinks leading the charge. Yeah, whoa, exactly. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 
I should have done this interview by myself, just one-on-one -on -one with you, by the way. <laughs> but my point is, they want to know the confidence of this team going into 2024, based on what you've done so far. If, there's a, if there isn't another move made, you're confident this is a playoff team next year. Here's how I'll answer that. There's no way Mo wants to repeat what happened last year. Him and his group, is, they're extremely motivated to make sure that we bounce back and this isn't a two to three, like they're extremely motivated for us to compete next year. Do we need a couple arms in the pen? The answer to that is yes. Um, and with that, I think we're in a really good position. I think that they're in a good position to be a 500 type team, 80, maybe 82, 83 type wins uh, team. I, I do, if they get those two relievers. But to be elite, I think the Cardinals, like every elite team, has shown themselves. I think they need to get a front-of-the-rotation starter. It, it, when you look around, uh, tell me about the elite team that didn't have a, a legit number one starting pitcher. You need it. Mm -hmm. And you have to figure out a way. I was just hoping that that was what was going to happen. And it seems like the hot stove that everybody was hoping for this offseason and especially going to these meetings, it's not really happening. It's been more of a very slow, cold stove. So there is still time. But it seems like just reading the quotes from Moselock and Ali Marmal, they're more, more focused on just getting a reliever at this point. And it could even be a reliever via free agency still. Realistically, how many runs can this offense produce next year? Oh, I think they could be a monster. I think they five could, to six runs a game, four, five, six. I, I think five and a half a game. Okay, I, I think they could be, you know, so an, an eight hundred and fifty run team, nine hundred run team. If you only give up three to four runs a game, then you should be in good in in a good space. You got some good pitchers. You you went out and and got guys that are at least going to eat up innings. And we talked about the flexibility of the bullpen. The the fact that it, you weren't flexible in the bullpen last year and couldn't move guys up and down, couldn't go in different directions when guys were struggling, you were just stuck with what you were what you were stuck with. Um, and so maybe this offseason, I think they have recognized, obviously, some of their issues from last season. Is it the name brand guys that we thought that they were going to go out and get, the the, the Aaron Nolas? No. It's, but it is guys, it, they are different than they were last yeah, year. And, and it's, yeah. they're, <laughs> that and is better. true. They, are they different. Should, theoretically should be better than they were last year. But let's not forget that last year was a 71-win team. And yeah. you, you need to make, make a lot of changes in the starting rotation and in the bullpen and in the defense to go from 71 wins to 91 or 93 wins. Well, we don't have the baseball World Baseball Classic, so there's that. That's true, yeah. We got guys that'll be here oh, that's working all in our spring favor. training. Yeah, but you know who's sitting out there in free agency that just kills me? Hmm. Wilking Rodriguez. Eey, you know, we got to have him. Yep. You want things to go in he's the right needed. direction? Yeah. He so, uh, he's, he's available, so let's just re-sign him. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I, don't think I hate that he elected free agency. <laughs> That'd be crazy. <laughs> Why would he want to leave here? Free zoo. Didn't he, didn't he know how much we needed him? 34 years old, yeah. 34 well, years Well, 30. Well, Rodriguez is going to be an all-star this year. For those two games that he pitched in 2014, apparently it was great. Mm. going to be an all-star. So uh, there you have your rush hour reset. You know the fast lane and the Rizzuto show, Carrie, are battling in the Pick'em Challenge yeah, all football really season cool. long? 
Mm, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> you can join Carrie Davis and learn from 105.7 The Point on Thursday at Helen Fitzgerald's from 6 to 8. Come watch Thursday Night Football with Carrie and Learn. Get signed up for a 101 ESPN and Point giveaway. Enjoy a cold Bud Light. That's tomorrow from 6 to 8 p.m. with Carrie and Learn at Helen Fitzgerald's on South Lindbergh. The Football Pick'em Challenge is refreshed by Bud Light. Learn more at 101ESPN.com or on your 101 mobile app. Matthew. Carrie, how many times have you gotten uh, punished? Oh, twice. Learn got, got, learn got four just yesterday in man, her punishment. Listen, two is enough. You get one, and then the next time you finish last, you get two. That mm. two was more than enough. I only got two cheeks. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> Don't need more than that. All right. Uh, you guys are who, slaughtering them. Who's the NFL team that if they come out of nowhere and make the playoffs— Good teams don't want to play. That's coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. All right. Uh, the NFL season continues tomorrow night with the Thursday night game starting this week's action. You've got the Pittsburgh Steelers hosting the New England Patriots. I think it's safe there to say that the Patriots are not going to make the playoffs. The Steelers, <laughs> with Mitch Trubisky, may make the playoffs, although it's probably not likely. Uh, so here's the thing. If there is a team, are, are you have you found a team that if they make the playoffs, nobody in football would want to face in a respective conference. Is there a team out there that right now is on the edge and you say, okay, if they make it, they'll be the team that nobody wants to play. Like last year, Detroit was that team and they didn't make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. For me, we talked about it earlier. Buffalo Bills are on the outside looking in right now. If they can figure it out and figure out how Josh Allen can not throw the ball to the other team or not (laughs) drop the ball and hand it to the other team, they are a team that will scare the heck out of people. Um, that that would probably be my 1A because they are, like I said, on the outside looking in for the playoffs right now. And then, you know, we talked about it yesterday on the NFC side, the team that you really liked that are in the playoffs at this point right now, but that's the Green Bay Packers Mm -hmm. with a young Jordan Love, uh, not young in terms of age, but young in terms of his, his quarterbacking, starting quarterbacking experience. That's a team on the NFC side. I mean, none of those, the Rams don't scare you, the Seahawks, the Bucks, the Saints, definitely not. Um, but that's a team on the NFC side that I think would scare the hell out of some people. I mean, they just they, they just beat the the reigning Super Bowl champs last weekend, yeah. so they are a team that you would be afraid of. The good thing for any team that's facing them, you probably won't have to go to Green Bay, which mm-hmm. will be good for you because it's kind of cold there in January. Yeah, yeah the, the, the Packers <laughs> have to play all. It looks all like it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Way, a couple of years so cool. ago, I thought that would be the deciding factor in that game against the Niners. That special teams game when yeah. the Niners beat oh, them. Oh yeah, the, on a block on a field goal, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was that uh, one and the Buccaneers one where they didn't oh, yeah. decide to go for it on. They yeah. kicked the field goal right. on fourth down. That was crazy to me. I think mine would have to be. I've just been full in on the Houston Texans and what they've been able to do because of C.J. Stroud and mm-hmm. Randy. You say this all the time. It's a league that likes their quarterbacks. I think C.J. Stroud is exactly what any team would want right now. I mean, they are 7-3 in their last 10 games. Now, I know that it's going to be hard with the loss of Tank Dell, but Mm -hmm. still, the way that they were able to power through that last win, despite that happening with Tank Dell, I think continues to show why C.J. Stroud has been such a great story this season. If not, he's going to get the offensive MVP, right? 
Uh, he'll get the rookie of the year for sure. I mean, sure. rookie of the year. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Of rookie, yeah, rookie yeah. of the year. He'll get I rookie think, of the year. But what he's been able to do this season is really good. I think a lot of teams are jealous so that they wish that they would have gone with yeah. C.J. Stroud yeah. as their pick. Carolina but Panthers. they're mm-hmm. a team <laughs> that I think a lot of teams would be probably a little bit concerned with facing. What about the Colts, though? This is another team I was kind of considering, but I'm not fully bought in with I'm it. I trust the Colts. I, I don't. I think they. I think they are good for what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I. I'm telling you, I love Gardner Minshew. I thought he was yeah. really good in Jacksonville. I thought he's been a really good quarterback mm-hmm. his entire, you know, career. Whether he's starting or backing up, in my opinion, the best backup quarterback that's available that was available all off season. Uh, but I don't know that you can trust them. It, it's going to be. But you might be right, Brooke. That AFC South with the injury <laughs> to, 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 yeah. to Trevor Lawrence. We're not sure how how. He's going to respond to that. They're only one game ahead of both the the Colts and the Texans, so it, it could be a coin toss in that in that division. Yep. I'll tell you the one that scares me is it's always a team that has experience, and a hot team with experience is the Denver Broncos. They've got the coach that has won it. They've got the quarterback that has won it. Their defense, after allowing the seventy, has turned it up in their. Winning five of their last six, they've allowed 17, 9, 22, 20, 12, and then 22 points. Their defense has stepped up. They're efficient. They aren't a huge playmaking team, but they're a team that can frustrate you and it's kind of like getting bitten to death by ducks. They're just that kind of team. So I could see... Peyton and his staff developing a game plan and then Wilson executing a game plan for them to win a playoff game. The the reason why I wouldn't say the Broncos, I think they had a, a fantastic run of winning five in a row. Russell Wilson, in his last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight starts, mm-hmm. has only thrown over 200 yards once. How many interceptions? Uh, Did he have he three, three the other week. day? Yeah, he, had that three. Was a, he had zero yeah, in that, that five-game yeah, stretch. That was which the outlier. Yeah. That is the, he had three last week, yeah. but he had zero in that five-game yeah. win streak. And, and they're running it and playing defense. They're playing yeah. old school. Yeah. I, I just it, It's going to come at a point in time where your quarterback has to make a play, and when you throw three picks against the Texans, that kind of, you know, yeah, that, 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 that's a shot. That, that was the outlier, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so was it, by the way, the seventy points allowed to that Miami because we thought that we, we thought, man, that's got to be the worst defense in the history of the league. And they, to to their credit, after allowing seventy, their defense has settled down pretty dramatically here in yeah. the last couple of months. They figured some things out. Yeah, so, it so was I bad, just I, bad, I think they're a team that you probably don't want to see them. Like if you're the number one seed, if you're the number one AFC seed, uh, well, the number two Miami AFC seed, Dolphins, yeah, or the. Right. Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. I mean, do you, do you really, you never know because Lamar Jackson has not had a great deal of playoff mm-hmm. success at this point. I That's the team that I want. Man, the Baltimore Ravens, I picked them and the 49ers to be my Super Bowl uh, matchup. The Baltimore Ravens got a bye at the perfect time late in the season. Mm-hmm. You're you're now you're sitting there second in the AFC uh, right behind the Miami Dolphins. That's the team that I would look at and say, I don't think no one wants to play them because they just get after it defensively and they have the ultimate weapon if the game is close, if they're down 60 yards away. Justin Tucker, you, yep. <laughs> it's it's automatic, right? So they are a team that special teams, defense, offense, collectively, they play the game really well. And I think they're going to get Marlon Humphrey back for the stretch run. They've got the Rams this weekend, then they go to Jacksonville, presumably, and by the way, that's a Sunday night game. Uh, Ravens at Jacksonville, presumably Trevor Lawrence won't be available for mm-hmm. the Jags. Then the, the the Ravens go to San Francisco. That might be the game of the be a year. Matchup. 
uh, and that'll be Monday night on uh, Christmas night, and then uh, home against Miami on the 31st, and I th- would think the Ravens will have a little bit of uh, get back against the Dolphins after the Dolphins come back last year in Baltimore, yeah. yep. and then they go to, they, they've got Pittsburgh at home to end the season, which could be a meaningless game. That game versus the Dolphins is going to be cru- crucial, mm-hmm. critical, because uh, that could be the, the one seed right there. If they get that win and they are up enough, they may not have to play you know, their starters against the Steelers. Yeah. I'm surprised nobody in this room talked about the Cleveland Browns. Man, why? Why? Fourth different quarterback. Joe Flacco. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy, yo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just can't take the Browns seriously, unfortunately. What? No way. <laughs> Never take the Browns seriously. No. Uh, and but I'm looking really- right now. It, so CBS has them a 61% playoff chance. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I've that. got I've got them at a forty-five, and we both got the same level of credibility in that. <laughs> well, you know, I'm going to put them at a thirty-five. What, what, oh. what, what would the playoff committee have them? They would have them out because they starting starting quarterback is out. They're on their fourth yeah, quarterback, let alone yeah. not the third. The, the playoff committee would have them out yeah. okay. of the playoffs. We we haven't mentioned a team that's in the playoffs as we speak. The Pittsburgh Steelers. We don't. We don't. Have I think to he's talk. purposely uh, avoiding that. Uh, I mean, okay. I love Pittsburgh, man. I, I think I love Mike T. I think they do an outstanding job defensively. They are an elite group of men that that get after the ball carrier, get after the quarterback. But if you can't score points on the offensive side, if you can't run the ball effectively, pass the ball effectively, it's hard to win in the NFL. And so this is the, it's going to be a hard time for him. I, I, Kenny Pickett out for. He had ankle surgery, mm-hmm. so he's going to be out for at least a couple of weeks. Mitchell Trubisky, we've seen this story kind of mm-hmm. go on throughout his entire career. Does he have a great game tomorrow night? I don't know. The Patriots stink. Mm-hmm. They've only scored, what was it, 13 points in their last three games. So you could technically win. They, I mean, they just lost 6 to nothing last week. So you could win 3 to nothing, mm-hmm. and, and, and it'd be a victory, and you're still in the playoff run, runnings. But how does, I don't know, how does in, in 2023 – in December of 2023, how does a six nothing NFL game occur? I don't know. Randy. It doesn't. It should played, be allowed. Yeah. I played in a three to nothing game in the NFL. We won. Wow. I think it was three to nothing against the uh, Miami Dolphins. I believe Jeff. Uh, we, we kicked the field goal. You know, late in the game uh, to win it. I'm pretty sure it was three to nothing. But the mm-hmm. the field was such a mess. Like it was the worst field conditions I had it was ever. In Hines, right? Yeah, yeah, it had to be. It was. It was. They had laid new new sod down. I guess the day before the game, it rained, and the oh my goodness! If you look at the video, there's a video of a ball being punted, and the ball sticks into the ground. Literally, <laughs> it sticks into the ground. You guys beat the Miami Dolphins on November 26th. Move to. Um, Eight, nine, eight, and three. It was a was three nothing victory, three nothing. and you guys had there was two hundred sixteen total yards of offense. They had one hundred fifty nine total yards man, of offense. It was the worst field conditions I have ever been a part of. That's why the game was three to nothing. But if you watch the video, Dolphins versus Steelers, a ball is punted and it hits the ground. And it stops, and every player on the field looked like, "What the hell just happened?" There were twenty-two. To- <laughs> there were twenty-two total first downs. It was bad, man. That's terrible. It, but I blame the field conditions because it was it was one of the worst sides. That I said they had just put it down, and it, that video of that ball sticking to the ground was amazing. Amazing. Those are your NFL news and notes coming up. The litany of names is absolutely remarkable. Chris Pronger, Jay Bomeister, Alex Petrangelo. Whipping boys for your St. Louis Blues. Who's your guy now? That's next on 101 ESPN.
back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. He's skating so well. You know, I, I really think without question he's playing as well as he ever has. And, and that includes the run in 19 when he was with Bo Meester, playing against the top pairing every single night. Um, you know, people, you know, they look at Petrangelo and, you know, he's, he's a great player and, and was a great player with the Blues. But the facts are, in 19 playoffs, it was Pareko and Bomeister who most nights got the tough assignment of, of the best line going that night for the opposition. So he's a top defenseman. That is the TV voice of the Blues, John Kelly, with us yesterday here on 101 ESPN. And he mentioned three names that have spent time as uh, the subject of one of Blues fans' favorite pastimes, being the whipping boy. And <laughs> Petrangelo, there were people that could never get past the fact that Jamie Ben fell on Petrangelo and Petro laying prone, couldn't lift the 240-pound guy off of him from the ice uh, and said, oh, he can't be a leader. Jamie Ben sat on him. People actually thought that, that, that that's how they judged uh, a hockey player. Uh, obviously, Colton Pareko has been judged. Jay Bomeister had a bad hip, and Blues fans decided that he couldn't play anymore, and then all of a sudden he winds up being the best defenseman in the playoffs in 2019 when he gets healthy. And... Blues fans hated him. Uh, and there have been a couple of other guys. Uh, Matthew ye- yesterday brought up the name Patrick Berglund, who Blues fans just couldn't wait to get rid of. He was You talk about a whipping boy and uh, a guy that fans just couldn't wait to get rid of because he was big and strong. And they, they expect, here's the thing, they, they expect, okay, if you are a, a big, strong center, you should be Eric Lindros. Hmm. And he wasn't. He, that's not who Patrick Berglund was. Eric right? Lindros was, bar- was barely Eric Lindros. Right, that's right. Problem. But they, they expect a guy that's uh, that big, six six and two twenty, to throw his weight around and be one of the one of the most physical players. Well, he was a Swedish guy, and he wasn't. He was just what he was. He he was a really solid defender, and he was never going to be that hundred point score. But because he wasn't that hundred point score. Uh, it wasn't going to be Mario Lemieux. Uh, Blues <laughs> fans couldn't abide him. So the question now is, who is Blues fans' favorite whipping boy? Ooh, 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 ooh. Brooke, Brooke. Jordan Cairo. <laughs> yeah. 200, please. Call, call. Yes. Yeah, yeah. What is Jordan Cairo? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm going to say Jordan Cairo, just basing this off social media. And I've, I'm starting to really, you know, work on understanding that sometimes social media fans are different than actual fans when it comes to Cardinals Blues. Yes, I understand on social media you can put a picture of your cat and say whatever you want on social media, so I know not all of it is real, but it seems like there is a lot of frustration with Jordan Cairo, and there's parts where I do understand because obviously he has the big contract. Anybody with the big contract is going to get the most attention of, you're not doing this right, you're not doing that right, but I think that Jordan Cairo right now is the one that is getting the most attention of being the whipping boy. We got a text from the 618 that says, Cairo, because he hadn't put the puck in the net. I know he's extremely better on defense, but that's boring. Scorers have to score. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like That's the mindset. I want 37 goals. Right, 40, now. 50 if yeah. you can do it. I think, you know, he has been better defensively. And I think last year that was one of the things that we complained about or heard over and over and over again. It was lackluster. You could see that he was not doing a good enough job. And it was frustrating for, for a lot of Blues fans and for, for people that were watching. Um, but he has been better. It hasn't been as glaring this year. And I think he's just run into some unfortunate luck. Like, he's had opportunities right in front of the net. You see the skill-making ability. He put on the brakes against the uh, Vegas Golden Knights the other night and just couldn't get it in. But it was it was a really good play by him. So I, I think eventually 
the more opportunities like that that you get, he's extremely fast when he has the puck, and he's gonna he's gonna make more than he he will miss in due time. It'll it'll even itself out. We've got such a, yeah. a wide array of people, and by the way, Kairu is uh, third on this team in points. Robert Thomas is first, Bujnevich is second. Kairu has four goals and eleven assists. But here's the thing, and and people. They kind of look for reasons, I think, for their narrative about a player. It's really hard to score in the National Hockey League. And this is a guy that has gone from his first year, first full year, 14 goals to 27 to 37 last year. And as we've seen, he can be a streaky scorer. And he is playing better defensively. Now, he might not be the player that you want him to be right now, but... I also wouldn't try to move him because what will happen is you move him and then all of a sudden he's scoring 40 goals a year for somebody. Yes, and that, well, that is something that's him? really happening. Hmm? Yeah, move him. No, yeah. no. He's got what you got. The other big name that we keep seeing over and over again, I'm surprised I forgot about this, Tory Krug. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For him deciding to stay, I think they were definitely. Mad about that. Yes. <laughs> How dare yeah. you not want to leave the city where your family is and your kids go to school? How dare you? Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm reading this. Yeah. Here's a fun one from the 636. I wonder if the current whipping boy for uninformed fans is actually Armstrong. And there were people in January of 2019, again on social media, that were clamoring for Doug Armstrong to be fired. And then three months later, he was the best thing since sliced bread. Mm-hmm. You, you really do, I think, have to take more than a snapshot to make an informed decision about a front office person or a player. I would suggest that over the course of the next eight years that these first two months of Jordan Cairo are not what you're going to see. October, November. I agree. Uh, I, I think that Jordan Cairo is probably going to be closer to that 40-goal guy than mm-hmm. the guy who's on pace for 16 this year. Yeah, because we've seen he can just go off and score in bunches. It feels like a breakout is due. And if you even look at last season, it took him a little bit to get going as well with the goal scoring. Yeah. So I think that's one. Uh, somebody mentioned Verona. Now... Verona he's not even playing. Enough. It's not even. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say he's not even playing. But I do understand kind of the frustration with that because I think even the Blues were hoping, you know, a second chance opportunity for him that maybe more would come from that, and it just hasn't worked out with Verona. No, this season. And you wonder if it's going to. I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> you wonder how long he could it, be around. It was interesting. We had Jamie and talked to him the other day, and. It, or not today. What was it, Jamie or whoever we talked to? They're just JK, saying, Jamie JK, today, JK, JK, if you just do what the coach asks you to do, it, it, life is a lot simpler yeah. for you. Like, it, it's the easiest thing in the world to, to just do what you're asked to do. Mm-hmm. And then you have more success than not. Now, we started this segment with John Kelly talking about Pareko. And from the 636, a shot like McKinnis, size of Pronger, speed of Housley, Pareko will always be my whipping boy. Oh, well. Tell us how you really feel. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I still don't get the Pareko stuff from Every, people. I feel like everybody wants Pareko to be Chris Pronger, he right? Wants, everybody they, wants They that. want him to be one of those guys. They want yeah. him to be uh, that uh, Housley's in the Hall of Fame, Pronger's mm-hmm. in the Hall of Fame, McKinnis is in the Hall of Fame, and they want him to exhibit of all size, of yes. the best qualities of three Hall of, of Fame. The best of the best. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, like Frankenstein it, just Frankenstein yeah. it to a perfect... Uh, yeah. I know it's unreasonable and it... And it, and it wouldn't be good, but like every time I, I hear this, I just want to play the audio of Chris Pronger himself yeah. in this yep. studio being like, literally, he's not it. effing me. Stop expecting that. He's an incredible player. Yep. He covers an ungodly amount of ice. How is that not enough for people? And that's from Pronger himself. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. how that wasn't the end of this. The the problem is when you resemble someone to a to a fan, they automatically their brain automatically goes to you should be that because you resemble him. You physically, your stature, You're tall. your ability, you play the same <laughs> position. You should it, all of those things resemble a great player. And so, I mean, you saw. I think we saw it with Royce Clayton that, that people wanted him to be Ozzie Smith, right? He's a black shortstop. Right, right. <laughs> Why aren't you the same? What is wrong with you, Royce? You're black. You're the same position, same guy. Why aren't you him? Because he ain't man. He ain't gonna be. He is who he is. So. So, you know, it, it's part of the, 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 the allure of sports is when you get a guy that is similar to the guy before, the expectation mm-hmm. is going to be the same. Yeah. It's, it seems like we've got a tie here between Cairo and Krug. It's very, very close for those two. Uh, but I, I, I think that... Uh, There's a size thing there, too. <laughs> Sizists. Yeah. Is that what's going on? Is this what is really going on here? Yeah. We have it, people mad about size. Because, you know, with the Colin Pareko thing, is it oh a lot of people thinking, well, if I was that size, yes. I'd be doing this, this, and this. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's yeah. always the case. Oh, yeah. We got a text here. It says, great segment. I'd love to hear the answers for who the current wh- Cardinals whipping boy is. Ooh. Yeah, Tyler O'Neill. If you're if For the Cardinals, yeah. their answer would be Tyler O'Neill. I don't think so. I, really? I, oh, oh. It's not. It, no. It's the guy it, who's it, down in Nashville right now. Nicheville? Yeah, Nicheville. Yes. Which one? Mo. Oh, see, oh, there's, you there's said a, Mo, I say Ali. If we do a poll, it'll be we'll seventy-five, twenty-five in favor. But I'm of Mo. saying from the Cardinals' uh, perspective, a player from yeah, from fans, player from Cardinal fan, from okay. no, I'm fans saying, perspective. I was saying like the Cardinals, their current whipping boy would be yeah. Tyler O'Neill. I don't know. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of options. If you ask a hundred <laughs> Cardinal fans that, that text into us or are on social media. From this organization, who would you like to see gone? They would say Mo, and it'd be in the landslide. Yes, we're gonna, do, we're gonna do that tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, we can get some texts in and we'll some calls that. in. Well, uh, they're and, already and coming in. By yeah. the way, this text from the five seven three says it all about the Blues whipping boy. I feel like all the blame goes to Mike Keenan. Mm. <laughs> uh, nice, always well blame. done. Yeah, well done. Keep blaming them. Coming up, we're gonna head down the stretch with an edition of Rock and Roll here on one hundred and one ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. It is time for Rock and Roll here on 101 ESPN. Have you guys ever seen the movie uh, Blues Brothers? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so... Uh, Jake asks, what kind of music you like here? And she says, oh, we like both kinds, country and Western. Oh. <laughs> yes, that's funny. So, uh, as, as they went to the bar. Hey, we've got uh, some cool stuff for you. It's the Cardinals bobblehead pack. And with this being the season of giving, 101 ESPN wants to give you free Cardinal tickets. Text in now, 314-399-9646. 314-399-YO-HO! If you would like to participate. And all you have to do is text in and answer a question that Matthew has. And you can win that Cardinals holiday pack of tickets. We're giving away the Cardinals bobblehead ticket pack, a five-game pack that features tickets to five different home games next season that include great bobblehead giveaways, including Wayno and Louie, Hall of Fame car, and more. The Cardinal bobblehead pack, along with all of the Cardinal holiday ticket packs, are on sale now, with some starting at just $55. Learn more about Cardinals holiday ticket packs at 101 ESPN. 
Com. All right, Matthew, what do you got for us? Well, first of all, I want to I want to tell everyone really quickly that um, we we need some more grab bag giveaway ideas because I got to go back and, and make an, a whole new section of those uh, lists for Carrie and Brooke to take a shot at because we ran, we, we ran through all of them. What was that? No. Ninety NBA champions. 90s NBA members champions. of the 2008 That's, Pittsburgh Steelers. There's oh, five Taylor Swift That's songs. Easy. Carrie, there's five answers. Taylor to Swift that. songs. I like okay. that. Six, five, both. Well, don't, are we going to do it right now? Oh, no, okay. we don't need to do it right okay. now. Well, I, so, I, mean, answers, I need more grab-making If you have... Bulls, Rockets, Spurs... Uh, Pistons won one uh, 90, no, no. I guess, wasn't it? Well, well 90, yeah. 89-90, right? 89-90. What are we talking? That's fine. And then Lakers, 90, yeah, Lakers, Lakers, Spurs, Rockets, Rockets, Bulls, and I guess Pistons. It's like that. Oh, we just five. ruined that just question. Yeah, there, there, yeah. Gosh, darn it. Well, Five's too goes. small. The list has got to be at least like six to eight long to actually, you know... To carry. Okay. It has to be six to eight answers. questions, answers. Uh, uh, I've, got, I've got a fun one for you. Okay. Carry, <laughs> what would I do? I've, I've got a fun one. And I won't say it now, but I'll give it to you, Matthew. We'll do it later. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, text, text <laughs> it if you have those. But also, we're going to do a trivia quick question today to win this uh, quick Cardinals pack. And honestly, Randy inspired me on this trivia question. He he really wanted sports trivia earlier at 845, and I failed that with one of the questions. So, I'm going to redeem myself here with this question. Which NFL franchise did Brock Lesnar play in the preseason for? Oh. Which NFL franchise did Brock Lesnar play in the NFL preseason for? I can't that. I had to get a sports question in there. That. So, that's an e- easy one right there. We're going to go with Texter number 50 on the text line is the going to be the winner of that Cardinals pack. Which NFL franchise did Brock Lesnar play in the preseason for? And as a bonus, I'll just you do it here in the room. Which NFL franchise did Goldberg participate Ooh, with? I don't know that one. Ah. St- uh, Goldberg's is the St. Louis Cardinals. Nope. It was the Cardinals. It's not? Nope. I thought it was. I think it might have been the Rams. It was the St. Louis Rams. Sorry. Okay. Uh, uh, I think it was the LA Rams. Oh, oh LA Rams. Okay. I was, I'm, just, mm. I'm just completely, completely off by the year. One more. Nowhere close. Yeah, go for it. What franchise did professional wrestler Andre the Giant try out with? Ooh, I have no idea Ooh. on this one. Oh, no. no. Do, 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 do. Oh, really? Do, really? The Washington Redskins. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, there we go. See? That's Lots of, lots of. Entertainers who played sports too. He was seven foot four. He had big hands. I shook his hand one time. Did you really? Yeah, he was a monster. Ooh, big fella. That that's Mike Ryder in my ear. Um, Macho Man Randy Savage uh, at one point oh, played for the Cardinals. Yeah. Oh, baseball uh, Cardinals. Yeah, the baseball, baseball Cardinals. Cardinals. He was yeah. in, he was in their system. That's another really good one. Who, greatest wrestler of all time. Oh, greatest wrestler and then favorite wrestler. Since we since it's hmm. for me, I personally think for my personal top three, it's easy. It's the Undertaker. It's Stone Cold Steve Austin and it's The Rock. Okay. No John Cena. That's my that's my top three. No. I like The Rock has always been my favorite. That's my top three. Yes. My favorite of all time is The Ultimate Warrior. Like I don't think it gets any greater than than the 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 Bon Eric. They grabbed that rope and started. Yeah, they were they were crazy. My uh, one of my worst memories in life is watching The Undertaker put uh, put. The Ultimate Warrior in one of those caskets and yeah. closing it. I, 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 I thought it was over. See, I, I'm, I'm old school. My, my guy as a kid was Harley Race. Okay. Harley All Race. Right. Dick the Bruiser was fun too. I guess, uh, as it turns out, in 1976, uh, Andre the Giant talked to the Redskins about trying out, but it, it never happened. Okay. So they just seem to remember that it did. Uh, and, and then, uh, yeah, let me just Goldberg Rams. I'll, I'll give you the year for that. So. And how about, uh, was was Michael Carter, who played defensive tackle for the Niners, was he an Olympic wrestler or was he a weightlifter? He, I don't remember that. Uh, let me see. Michael Carter, 
Matthew, you looking that up yes, right I now? Am, yes. He was a really good football player too. We got some answers here for for. Uh, he uh, was a silver medal in rock. shot put at the nineteen eighty four Summer Olympics, and then he became a really good defensive tackle. I would imagine. Hmm. Very yeah. nice. Uh, wow, just how the sizes. He was a he was a silver medal shot putter, but in the NFL he played at six two two eighty five as a nose tackle. Oh, okay. Like that's like wow, that like amazing. like they talk about yeah. forty years ago. But, I mean, he'd have forty more pounds on him now, he, right? But and he moved six four. Probably. Yeah, he moved like he weighed one hundred ninety. Did he? Yeah, he was. Uh, he was a lightning quick. Uh, Bill Goldberg earned, earned a scholarship to attend the University of Georgia and play football for the Bulldogs as a defensive tackle. Taken by the Rams in the eleventh round of the nineteen ninety NFL draft with a three hundred and first selection. Played with the Rams in the nineteen ninety NFL season, followed by a stint with the Sacramento Surge of the World League of American Football in ninety two. So Bill Goldberg actually played in the NFL. Nice. And uh, we had Brian Nearman on the YouTube says Rick Flair is the goat and that's probably Woo! true. Yeah. That's probably like Rick I just, he, he's never been my era so like I don't appreciate him but that's probably true that he is the greatest of all time. Like I I can I can see the argument there. I mean, you always say Hulk Hogan yeah, is probably the yeah. him and Hulk Hogan. Him, Hulk Hogan yeah, those two are, some, are probably the goats. Yeah, but I, cool. man, that's not my era. Wrestling Quick question. Was also, was also um, back in the day. Question for the yeah, we were playing the 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 uh, Marmol audio, um, and, and and just two things jumped out to me really quickly. As he calms down and settles in, is he athletic enough to be a good outfielder? The answer is yes. Do we need a couple arms in the pen? The answer to that is yes. Is Ali Marmol a question talker? Is he it a sounds like talker? is he a question talker <laughs> too? By the way, Scrub, yes. Scrubs, uh, an incredible show, had had it was kind of like a Seinfeld esque <laughs> joke where he was instead of the close talker, they had the question talker, somebody who only talks and they ask their they ask and answer their own questions. And Marmol did it like four times <laughs> in the two clips we played, and I was actually. like, I hadn't realized this yet. I'm guess I'm not paying attention. Like, is he a question talker in the post game, and I just never realized it? Uh, yeah, no, he is. Actually. The answer is yes. yes. <laughs> he is. The answer is yes. He actually does do that was a lot that a, now that I think that about Richard it. Boone? Oh, oh, and, and one other thing, Randy, we talked about this before the show started. The Lakers are going to win the in-season tournament Ooh. after last night, and that's going to be their that's going to be the listen, feather in their cap, isn't it? Listen, man, they they got a timeout call where they didn't even have the ball. They have possession, man. When you talk, see, that's what I the, we talk about conspiracies, man. Come on, but they weren't going to win that game, or they were going to win that game anyway. No. Seven might, seconds left, and they were up two. Who, yeah, but if they don't have the ball, it's easier when you got the ball. Yeah. You got KD, you got Devin Booker, you got guys that can Don't score. Don't worry about it. They're they're going to win the in season tournament, and, and they're going to be they're gonna name to be the, seen They're going to name the trophy after LeBron too. LeBron. Since he doesn't have a trophy named after him yet, it'll be the in season tournament. I think that's why they added it, just so he can have a trophy named after. Talk him. about conspiracies. I'm telling you, that's what I think. That's my conspiracy. Uh, Brooke is fired up about <laughs> Derek Mason. Oh, I am very fired up about Derek MTSU. Mason, the new head coach of the Middle Tennessee State University. Congratulations to Derek Mason. I got to meet him at his time at Vanderbilt. He is a super nice guy and coach. He took over a very, well, taking over any job as the Vandy head football coach is never an exciting situation, but it was after all that turmoil that and that they dealt with. And so that was a very tough time to go in. So I'm excited for this new era for Middle Tennessee and we'll always miss Stockstill. <laughs> Yeah, we were. Uh, do, 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 do. Go, Raiders. Uh, great job yeah, today. That's, that is one of them. Yeah, I know that. They, they might have stolen that from somebody. I don't know who. No, don't you throw that out there. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. My pleasure, Randy. Uh, yeah, that's our uh, producer and uh, audio and uh, video engineer, Matthew Rocky. I like how we added that to your yeah, we title. Had to. Uh, Brooke, did you have fun? Yeah. How about that? How about that? How about that?
<laughs> what are you laughing about? I'm there? just laughing at the fact that uh, we have. How, how about that? We've turned that into a thing. <laughs> after, <laughs> a guy gets a, after a guy gets a. How this, about that? He's for the cycle. Can we play one more time after he hit for the cycle? That was one of my favorite moments because we thought he was young. How about that? Yeah. We thought how he was young. And then we thought he was like 36. We went through a whole thought process. We were like, oh. He's 18. We're like, he's got time. Yeah. Actually, okay. So here's the thing. We had this discussion. It was so mean of us. Okay, everybody be quiet so people can hear this. How about that? Okay, so somebody hit for the cycle at Springfield. And we're thinking, oh, you know what? We feel bad about picking on this kid. He's probably only 19. We'll get him on so that he, could, he could be on the air in St. Louis. He's 36. Yeah, he's been doing it for a while. <laughs> that was a, How about that? It was a moment that yeah. we had there. Probably man, not our a long nicest season, moment. It's a long season. It's the middle of dog days of summer. He's tired. <laughs> Fair enough. He's ready to go home. He's working hard, I'm sure man. He's seen like seven or eight cycles during the season. <laughs> there you go. Probably. <laughs> it happens all the time, right? <laughs> yeah. What are you talking yeah. about? See <laughs> <you> guys. <laughs> we want to see your face. And we thank you for tuning in, texting in, being a part of the show for all of us until tomorrow morning at 7. Have a great hump day, St. Louis. And now for something completely different. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.